Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. The monsters will now start attacking Tokyo. You may wish to deny it, but your eyes tell you it's true. Sound. I'll turn up the sound so you can hear the monsters dueling to the deck. And welcome to episode 278 of the Kaiju Cast, a podcast 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited foes. My name is Kyle, and this is... Clancy. And I totally just threw a speed bump in what I normally do, because this is the second episode of November 2019, and I'm going to mess this all up now. Clancy and I are here to talk about the fanvasion that just happened in Japan earlier this month. That we are. I actually haven't seen you since we were standing in Tokyo about yeah, a little over a week ago now. Oh my god, it really was like it was like 2 weeks ago almost, yeah. right? Cuz like there's that day in between anyway. Still, that was a good time. We're going to talk all about that in uh, just a few minutes, but I do have some housekeeping announcements first and foremost. I have added a Facebook event for the listeners to join us for our final episode, which is set for December 14th at 2 p.m. Pacific. We'll sort of be treating this like an emergency broadcast in a sense. So we'll have the chat room there. We'll have the live broadcast, obviously. And I don't know if we'll have special guests outside of the studio, but inside the studio, Clancy, you'll be there. Uh, yep. <laughs> that sounds super <laughs> definite. <laughs> and then, and then um, we'll also, uh, according to the Facebook thing that I created for our group, we'll have, I think, just about every single co-host that's here in the Oregon area that has been able to be on the show. Like, Heather Brask, fingers crossed, she'll be able to make it. I don't want to, like, jinx it by saying too much, but uh, Zane can't be there because he's moving away. Yeah. Which is too bad. Well, I, I can tell you that I reminded... Well, he actually brought it up, but we Jeff and I talked about it last night at our trivia night, so... Oh, right on. He has no excuse to at least not say he's <laughs> aware. He, he said he's, he's coming. He, like yeah, yeah. So, yeah, just about everybody, seriously. So, I'm expecting a full house. We're going to rearrange some furniture in here, and we're going to figure out what to do about <laughs> how many people should be on mic at the same time. Gonna get some food. I brought the uh, the cookies back from Japan. Oh, cool. so we're gonna have that up on the spread. I might actually make some curry too. Very cool. It's yeah. gonna be a party. It's gonna be a party. It's gonna be like a wake. A wake. Yeah. yeah. It's gonna be like a wake. Anyway, uh, those are those are the two big announcements. That should be a lot of fun. Um, I <laughs> I'm looking for suggestions from the listeners about what to do, what to ask. My panelists of co-hosts, I don't want to say something stupid like, oh, what's your favorite Kaiju cast moment, Clancy? (laughs) (laughs) That seems really cliche, but we'll have to figure something out. Like, what can people come to the table with? So I'm not just sitting there being like, hey, it's the last episode of the Kaiju cast. You talk. Yeah. Which is is cool sometimes. Yeah, I think we'll be able to handle it. But pre-questions are always fun, too. 
You heard it there, listeners. Clancy wants you to submit your questions to the Kaiju Cast listener group, the Kaiju Core on Facebook. How's that? That good? Oh, yeah. Nice, <laughs> nice juicy questions. This is an amateur hour. This is the last. That's right. You're never going to be able to ask us a question again unless you stalk us on social media. Oh, let me be very clear about how the episode's going to go, too. It's going to be like a yak attack. <laughs> so it's, it's going to be uncensored live, but then because I can't really justify having the final episode of the podcast to be an explicit episode for the for the feed it'll get some good bleeps and bloops and screonks in there uh but yeah like uh so don't ask us anything too crazy (laughs) but go crazy you know you wanna please follow the link in the show notes to all of that awesomeness and add it to your calendar that's right december 14th the final episode of the kaiju cast and then the second thing I wanted to announce that's attached to a big thank you to everyone who participated in our T-shirt of the month club so far this year. Uh, it has been a super fun experiment, project, etc. But uh, in order to survive, this project has to evolve. And so we're going to continue with the club. But instead of producing the shirts here myself in town with a local screen printer, it's being pushed off to Redbubble, which is a print on demand service. I have used them for lots of stuff, and so the quality is, you know, pretty good. Nothing's as good as a screen-printed shirt, of course, but uh, they do a pretty good job over there at Redbubble, and I think it's a good, viable option for people. Plus, that way we don't have to do limited runs. So these T-Shirt of the Month Club shirts are going to keep on coming. I'll have links in the show notes to the two designs by yours truly we're offering two designs because we haven't had a pre-order or haven't had you know a t-shirt offered since august yikes so anyway like i said we're going to keep adding designs to that section of the Redbubble store and keep the club going because it's fun now let's talk about japan clancy let's do it let's do it so uh, I put out the call a while ago because it was like over a year ago right I think it was like almost right when we got back from our trip, I started thinking about doing another Kaiju Cast trip. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure if you listen back to that episode, a couple of us that were on this trip committed to doing the trip when we were in the Godzilla Hotel yeah. last time. But totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's yeah. been in the works for a while. So, uh, yeah, announced that it was going to happen sometime in 2019. And I know that when I announced it, I was like, guys, this is really far in the future, but, uh, just bear with me because, you know, I want to go back. I want to take a group and I want to take them for something cool. Originally is because when we went before Clancy was on the 2017 trip and we went to super festival, a toy show, which was sort of like, sort of like the main reason for going at that time. Yeah. And that was pretty cool. I enjoyed it very much. Yeah, the way I kind of laid it out to people was it wasn't necessarily the trip, but it was like the thing that decided what date we were going to choose. Yeah, yeah. So I was sort of looking for something like that. And when we were still technically in the 64th anniversary of Godzilla, so last year, yeah, Toho whipped up the 65th anniversary logo. And it just got me thinking, man, I bet they're going to do some awesome stuff for the 65th anniversary. And that's what sort of bit me in the butt to get me on that date set as basically the first full week of uh, November. And yeah, we 
We did it, folks. But uh, let's <laughs> talk about who the we is, actually. So I was on the trip, obviously, leading the group, being a decent, maybe, tour guide. And uh, Clancy was there. We also had Mike Weber, who was also on the last trip. Yep. Canadian James, he was also on the last trip, and he came on this uh, as well. And at first, we had, like, a big, long waiting list for this. So, like, as soon as I announced it, people sort of filled that up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so some people came in and dropped off, and some people were actually supposed to go on last the, the last KaijuCast fan invasion. Scott, he unfortunately had some uh, medical thing happen. He could not go on the last trip. So I was like, dude, you got to come on this one. So he joined us. And then the rest of the group was all new, but not new to the Kaiju cast. I've, uh, I'd pretty much, yeah, I'd met all of them before. Brian. Yep. Yep. Yeah. G-Fest regular. Yeah. And, uh, Andrew and Laura, who I will affectionately refer to sometimes during this broadcast, <laughs> during this episode as the vegetarian metalheads or the metalhead vegetarians. It's an interchangeable kind of thing. They were fun to, to tool around with. Also, Stefan. Stefan was there. And, oh my gosh, am I forgetting somebody? I, I didn't count. 369. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how I ended up counting people is um, when they got off, when we were getting off the train is I'd have to do 369 to count people quickly. Sometimes that worked. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it did not. <laughs> and sometimes we had too many people. Yeah, and people had a hard time not counting Long, which always throws you off. <laughs> did you a got little six bit, yeah. people saying three, yeah. six, nine. You might want to do the count, though, so you don't uh, really leave someone out of there. All right. So we've <laughs> got you and me. That's two. Three, Weber. Four, Canadian James. Five, Scott. Six, Stefan. Seven, Brian. Eight and nine, Andrew and Laura. Yep. There's the three, six, nine. Got it. All right. Nailed it. So anyway, uh, all of those guys were on this uh, on the roster, and we all got it hammered out and figured out when we were going, when we were staying, when we were leaving. We arrived in Tokyo on November 1st in the afternoon. But man, it took forever to actually get from the airport to the hotel because we had to coordinate with the schedules with everybody's flights. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think part of it was last time... Last time it felt like we were last. I think we were last. So we, we just won on that trip where it's like we walk in and everyone looks like they're already exhausted from waiting for us. And this time we were first. So. We were, I think, yeah, we were first. Yeah. yeah. Although I think you were running around and, you know, shepherding everybody and figuring things out. Mike and I just cracked a couple Asahis at the airport waiting area and just started vacation mode. So. It didn't feel like as long of a wait for us, I don't think. That's good. That's good. I did get to enjoy one of those Asahis at the airport. Man, I do love how um, Japan is just cool with people drinking beer anywhere. Yeah. That's a, that's a big bonus. Well, many, many bonuses of Japan. Yeah, at least if you're being cool. And uh, I don't know. I don't I don't know if it's one of those things where <laughs> if you're being they just cool, don't yeah. frown on it and they just you know, because yeah, I didn't see I as think, many people. I think being cool is, is yeah. definitely always sort of an underlying thing if you encounter something awesome in Japan. Just be like, oh, hey, be cool about it. Yep. Be cool. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, got a whole gaggle of kaiju nerds together, took them to our hotel 
in Ikebukuro. We stayed in the Sakura Hotel again. It's a pretty cheap hotel overall. And, uh, you know, I suggest it, but at the same time, I've been back to Japan so many times. I've stayed there so many times. It's really lost its shine for me. Yeah, I I kind of felt the same way. I, you said that while we were in Japan, and I kind of got that vibe. At, at the same time, it's like we're not there very often. True. And true. the one thing I did like was having, like, the cafe as a little gathering area at the end of the night. You know, that was a that was not really something we did too much of in the first trip, right? Like, I feel like th- we definitely took advantage of that during this yeah. this outing, for sure. Yeah, at least more people did. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's great for what it is, and I don't want to pay a lot of money if it's just going to be something that I just pass out in the bed every night because mm-hmm. I'm so exhausted from being out all day. Um, totally. The other bonus, because we're a large group, is everybody has their own bathroom and shower. Um, but yeah, I think if I was to do it again with a smaller group, I'd probably do something different just to mix it up a bit. Yeah. I was actually thinking about that in terms of like future trips, thinking about smaller groups and how much money it would take to do sort of the whole stuff that I do prep wise and all that stuff. And it might be doable. We might be able to get a smaller group together because I think it'd be way more, you know, definitely would be easier to go find food when you don't have a group of nine, which is huge. Yeah, very true. Yeah, this actually, what I will say is that this trip was a learning opportunity for me, like every trip is, but this this trip specifically, I'll I'll definitely be exploring some additional options for trips in the future. You know, I think there, I think it's a viable option for people who might want to go on a trip that's like, almost entirely toy focused yeah yeah, yeah. you know take some things to the extreme well some some extremes but yeah that's like honestly that's one of the things that i would be so easy to do just be like oh every day toy shopping (laughs) like hardcore toy shopping how much cash do you bring tons (laughs) anyway so first day on the ground, well, I guess first night on the ground, we did go out for some ramen. So making sure ramen was my first dish in Japan. Yep. Check. Same, same. And the cool thing is there's a ton of ramen shops in in Ikebukuro where we, were, where we were staying. But man, it was, again, even we had just six that time and it was still hard to find a place that had six spots for us. But we yeah. did it. We did it. And it was a cool place where you got to sit down and order as opposed to having to make everybody line up at the vending machine to take the money and the the tickets. Yeah, and it was also good just because everybody, I think, was probably at 24 hours without sleep at that <laughs> oh, yeah. point. So yeah, definitely. let's keep it simple. Yeah, it was that was a little fun fun excursion. We had a bunch of those this time in, in Ikebukuro. It seems like a very friendly place for anybody who's got money and wants to consume food and drink. So I'm not sick of Ikebukuro at all. Like, that area is totally awesome. Yeah, no, it's fun. I, I had to blast both times, so. So uh, the first full day of the trip, we pretty much started the day as a group by going down to Toho, going to this Soshigaya Okura stop on the Odaku line, I believe. And basically, you get off on this stop, and you, there's this Ultraman statue and a whole bunch of street lamps that look like Ultraman vaguely. And you can walk down this one street 
and it loops you back behind Toho so that this is like tour guide behind the scenes tour guide stuff guys <laughs> anyway the that's the joke the you come up from behind Toho and when you do that the very first thing you see is that Godzilla mural and it's like when you turn around the corner after you see the, like the little Toho signs oh, yeah, it's yeah. just like the big Toho letters up front and the big giant Godzilla mural it's really it's pretty breathtaking I think Someday, man, maybe we'll get to the point where they let me in that gate. <laughs> but it's until that day, we'll still just go to the outside and take pictures in front of the mural and in front of the statue. Yeah, it's still that feeling of, oh, you're definitely not getting in the security. They're like, you guys are definitely not going <laughs> to. This guy again. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, when you say it's breathtaking, it's like even even having already gone there before, it's just that fact that you're – I don't – even if you know it's there, it's walking around that corner. Pictures do it a little bit of justice yeah. for the quality of what it looks like because it's a beautiful mural. But that like almost true size, you're not going to get from a photo. And it's just amazing standing in front of it each time. And I just love that that's there. Yeah. So the first time I went, they didn't have that. They put that in, I think, in 2015, uh, maybe 2016. I think 2015. Anyway, it uh, it is absolutely just majestic, that gigantic painting of Godzilla. Biggest painting of Godzilla I've ever seen in my life, you know. And yeah, the whole area just really is really cool. I bet it's gorgeous if you go during the Sakura season, the cherry blossoms. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, so we did that. We went to hang out with the Godzilla statue. And then after that, we headed off to Kurihama, where we met up with Ed Holland from Monster Attack Team Magazine. He was our tour guide. He took us to the Kurihama Flower Park or Flower World, where they have a gigantic Godzilla slide. And I've seen countless people go to this thing <laughs> over the years, and I've never made it. This was the first time I'd been able to go. Was that actually on the agenda or was that something that got kind of planned out? It got kind of planned out early on. Okay. But it, so like uh, because because Ed has a job, I was like, hey, dude, you don't have to take off work for us. We'll be there on a weekend. Yeah. And it makes sense to do it on the first day we're there, except. That hill, man. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the hill going up to the the Godzilla slide, it wasn't that it was brutal. It was just long. And then we got three quarters of the way up and this train bus thing passes <laughs> us. And everybody looks at Ed or looks at me. <laughs> and I look at Ed. And I was like, why didn't we take that, Ed? He goes, oh, I didn't think it was running today. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of felt like it was almost, it wasn't very busy when we went. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know if it was, I think it was more that it was already a long day of walking. Yeah. That, you know, <laughs> three quarters of the way up, I'm just like, oh, am I going to actually get to see this slide or not? But, uh, it really wasn't that bad, but, but yeah, yeah. it had already been a long day, but it, it was, it was worth the trek. It was awesome. It was one of those things that when we got to the park, and Ed goes, yep, it's just up that road. And I go, <laughs> oh, man. See, last time, listeners, on the KaijuCast fanvasion that Clancy was part of, 
Mike asked me, hey, what what is it that you'd like to do that you haven't done in Japan? And I said, you know what? I would really like to go to Mount Takao. I've never been to Mount Takao. It's got Tengu statues on the top and the shrine. And I think it's really, it looks really gorgeous. And I'd like to go. And everybody was like, yeah, let's do it. And then they regretted it the following day because when we went to Mount Takao, it involved climbing so many steps. Yeah. Although, I, I don't know. I actually, maybe I just have, you know, a glossy memory of that, walking up that mountain. But yeah. going up to the Godzilla slide for me, it just, for some reason, it felt more difficult. Really? And again, I don't know if it was oh, just wow. because I was more tired at the end of the day and we... I like your your silver lining. You're like you're only seeing the good stuff. Silver <laughs> lining of the of that. Ah, boy, yeah, what a beautiful mountain that was. Like I, James goes, I was talking to him about it, and he said, "Oh yeah, like where we saw the monkeys." I go, "That's right, we did see <laughs> monkeys on the Mount Takao trip." It's just like that's not the thing that I remember is like being the thing. Obviously, yeah. But the anyway. So after that, you know, I felt a little bad for these guys for destroying their legs uh and i was asked earlier on when i was planning this trip are we climbing any mountains <laughs> and i said i we are not climbing any mountains but i guess that was kind of a lie because that was definitely like climbing a mountain yeah there's a hill if we are all in better shape oh, we, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that should be the disclaimer to all of this <laughs> yeah totally because yeah it really wasn't <laughs> that bad um little kids were passing us yeah <laughs> little little kids and their dogs too. <laughs> uh that was fun seeing dogs out in the out in the wild. I don't see very many dogs when I stay in areas like Shinjuku or yeah, Ikebukuro. Yeah. So that was nice. Uh the Godzilla slide itself, man, it's so cool looking, but it was all fenced off. They had fenced off the entire thing because of damage from the typhoon that had happened about a three weeks before our trip or something like that. Yeah. So that's too bad. Um, we did get some photos in front of it, thankfully. So it wasn't like a total wash. No, no, <laughs> like, no. oh man, imagine if it was like, if we got to the top of the mountain <laughs> and the Godzilla <laughs> slide was just gone, washed away, yeah, floating that, in somewhere in the inland sea. <laughs> that might've been an upsetting day at that point. Um, no, it was, I mean, even though it was fenced off, you could still get a great look at it. We just couldn't walk up to it. I thought it was great, though, because that was something that I heard when I was listening to the Kaiju cast when you guys talked about that quite a while ago now. Um, I know it was an episode with Brian, and you were just telling him about that, and he was just thinking, that's something out of one of my childhood dreams. And listening to the podcast, I thought the same thing, like, oh, I, and not thinking that I would ever go to see it sure yeah yeah, um, yeah so then just and then i guess that even is in the plus column for walking up a big hill and having to make some kind of a you know actual adventure out of it as you climb up this hill and then you're like oh and then it, you, you come around and then of course first you get to see a couple hilarious japanese illustrated photos of what exactly will happen if you fly a kite under the power lines <laughs> um, i got a couple of pictures of those oh, they have the um, best warning signs over there in japan but yeah, then you come around the top of this this hill and then there's the slide and it's it that is another thing that was way cooler in person than it was in the photos that I've seen on on the internet. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, not just cool, like big. 
Yeah. Like, definitely the largest, I think that's the largest Godzilla thing I've ever seen. And that's, uh, I've seen a lot of Godzilla things, right? Like Godzilla <laughs> statues and yeah. Godzilla representations and real life format. That Yeah, for sure. Well, I guess, technically speaking, the the hotel is the biggest, uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's just a head and a hand, you guys. Does that count? This is a full-size Godzilla. Well, I mean, I guess it's how you feel about it, though, because when you walk up to that hotel, you fill in the blanks for the... It's just the head, but right. your imagination, you totally, know it's, yeah, yeah. it's the full Godzilla. <laughs> He's somewhere out there yeah. watching us in our hotel rooms. So uh, after that, and we walked all the way back down to the train station, we got on a train and headed to Kawasaki. And that is where the trip went awry for the first time. <laughs> Part of me thinks I should put like a little bum, bum, bum music break in there. Uh, so we had to hop on the train to go up to Kawasaki. And then it was like we were sort of switching to a different station. or I think we maybe had to take another train out. But anyway, everybody hops off the train. And I... Just doing my count. And this is before I came up with the Genius 369. So I was still one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Hang on a second. Don't we have one more that's Ed? That's that should be 10. Who is missing? And I turn around and poor Brian is still sitting on the bench <laughs> on the train. And luckily he was right by the window. So I probably scared the hell out of him by banging on the window right by his head <laughs> so that he turns around as the train is going away from me. Uh, poor guy. Yeah, it. W I mean, I think there was at one point you were saying something on the trip where you said, you know, something was frustrating and you just go. And then I know I look over and Clancy's just laughing because he just thinks it's funny. <laughs> and it's like, it's not that I'm laughing at your situation. I know you're stressing. I'm just laughing because what else are you going to what else am I going to do? No, it's all good. Man. And I saw yeah. his head turn around and look on his face like, oh, I'm on the, I'm on the train. Like, I'm thinking what he's thinking. And then, of course, I just, you know, started chuckling. It's like, <laughs> I mean, it. let's be honest. Poor Brian, but but at the same time, I'm also saying that because I know Brian has beat himself up like crazy about that, which is yeah. completely unnecessary. Because like I told him, it is my responsibility in a sense to count my peeps, yeah, yeah, to yeah. count my chicks. Um, three six nine. Well, and when you guys are dealing with that, which it it wasn't really that big of a deal, it was fine. But you still had to figure out how to get him to the station. And we were just all standing around one of the vending machines, dreaming up worse things that could have happened and laughing about it. Like, well, the guy that said he was allergic to peanuts could have just accidentally ate that ice cream bar. It's like, oh, you're not going to encounter peanuts. And then there was like something specifically in that vending machine, like an ice cream cone with peanuts in it. That would have been a bigger problem. So like everything that could possibly go wrong went wrong yeah. in that one hour period. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was fine. You know why it was fine? Because number one, I kept a cool head on the outside. And number two, Brian had connectivity with his phone. Yeah. So I was able to message him on Facebook and just be like, get off at the next stop and call me using this. Yeah. And then we were able to figure it out. The worst thing about those train stations, man, is that especially when you're out sort of not saying that Kawasaki is in the boonies, because I know absolutely it is not in the boonies, but 
once you get outside of Tokyo, some of that stuff starts to get a little less English friendly. Yeah. And especially train platforms, those signs up top that say what train is coming, how many cars it is, all that stuff, almost entirely. I've seen that stuff in just Japanese. Oh, yeah, yeah. So even being like, if I don't go meet him at the next station, which I ended up not doing, like, if he turns around and goes to the other side of the platform, he, that doesn't necessarily also take him back to the last train stop, too. Yeah, exactly. Especially <laughs> yeah. if it's like an express or something. That would that was actually my biggest fear. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, okay, I got on the next train. Then it just whooshes right by us. <laughs> and like five stops later, he's like, okay, I'm back at Kurihama. So, yeah, let's try that again. Yeah. So glad that didn't happen. It was all fine. It, you know, in the long run, it really was not a big deal. So, nope. and that was, uh, and it was like a little adventure. It also, I think it served as a, uh, you know, a point to the rest of the travelers. Hey. Yeah. Pay attention. Better pay attention to what's going on. Because Kyle can't always be trusted. Yeah, although I say that, and I most definitely fell asleep on one of the trains. So <laughs> thankfully, the person sitting next to me nudged me in the side when we were supposed to get off. So. We sort of had an unspoken buddy system, yeah. in a sense. And so that was good. That was good. Uh, but the reason we were going to Kawasaki to get us back to Kawasaki yeah. is that there's an arcade. That arcade... It's called Anata no Warehouse, which means your warehouse. And it's closed now. It closed on November 17th. Wow. Yeah. We got to see it in its final days. What was cool about this arcade... Now, I'm not a video game guy, really, right? So, why would I go to this arcade? What's cool about this arcade is that it's completely decorated like the walled city of Kowloon, which if you're not familiar with that, look it up on Google. It was a crazy thing that existed in um, Hong Kong for a little while. I think they tore it down several years ago, many years ago, but uh, they've decorated this entire arcade to look like this. All the walls look all stingy and gross. There's like flyers put up everywhere. Fake food vendors, yeah. neon Chinese letter lighting is really very well done. But it was also an arcade. So yeah. <laughs> I, I like found a, a spot to park. Yeah, they had, they had a lot of uh, retro games in there, too. Um, kind of like Qbert level. Um, That's the one I played. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I played the and it was like 100 yen, one life or something yeah yeah like yeah yeah. definitely looked like more of a deal until you actually started playing yeah um but they had like space harrier and some other older games um but then the cool thing was like the fact that it was like i don't remember if it was five levels four or five levels i think it was like four levels yeah but yet you go up the escalator and it's like here's a bunch of people just like chain smoking like crazy and gambling <laughs> like crazy on one floor and then you go around the escalator and then all of a sudden there's like 70 people playing ping pong at the same time and then i think another floor had a ton of pool tables maybe it yeah wasn't, I, yeah pool tables and i feel like some other types of adult games yeah yeah it was almost like i felt like the uh original live action ninja turtles movie <laughs> where they go into that place for all the kids to just like 
you know, go crazy and almost like the uh, island in uh, Pinocchio, but uh, get into some kind of serious trouble, smoke, gamble, and, uh, yeah. you know, go nuts. But it was a lot of fun. I took a lot of really terrible photos, apparently. <laughs> it's hard to get a good photo with my old ass iPhone. Well, and yeah, the lighting in there was. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely, it was like Disney theme ride lighting. Like yeah. very dark, only showing like certain things. It was cool as hell though. I'll um maybe I can take this wide image and I'll uh post it in the show notes or something like that. But yeah, if you didn't go, sorry man, you lost your chance. But we got to go and I'm actually super, super happy that we were able to check that out. Yeah, it was cool. I like being able to like squeeze into an exclusive thing just in the last <laughs> yeah, yeah. the last moment. Well, and even like walking in and had like these big metal doors that would slide open and then there was multiple ways to exit the place did you go over the rocks and the water Yeah, that's what i was just gonna say and it was you know it was a little it wasn't you know you could tell that it was like a plastic you know fake thing but it was still kind of fun like go out this little side entrance and it's got the water stepping over the you know, yeah. rocks in the water and then all of a sudden you're standing in this parking garage with like 50 motorcycles totally yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> that was crazy yeah so the deal is i actually saw pictures of it before we went mm-hmm. you know you know testimonials from people who said this place is awesome so in one of those photo sets it showed that exit oh with yeah, the, yeah so it's like a glowing green cesspool water thing with stepping stones and these metal um like uh, metal railings that look like they're just pipes, yeah, yeah. like twisted together. It actually looks kind of dangerous, <laughs> but it's not. It was just, you know, it's all part of the show, but it's so cool. And when I was leaving, I was like, where is that? And the, I saw the exit and then I saw the door open to the exit, just go straight out to the parking lot. And I was like, well, I don't want that. Yeah. I want the cool exit. So I had to loop around and find <laughs> the other one, <laughs> but it's, it was cool, man. I'm really glad that we got to go check that out. And it was, uh, you know, not everybody's cup of tea. So a couple people went off and Ed took them, uh, chaperoned part of the group to go yeah. to uh, find some Gashapon machines, I think. So Yeah. Scott ended up bringing me a Busca figure, which was pretty awesome of him. Thanks, Scott. Shout out to you. Let's see. Oh, and then we went to Kaiju Sakaba. Kaiju Sakaba. Now, apparently, the manager knows my name. When Yuriko, my coworker, calls to make a reservation for me, he's oh, like, nice, "Oh, Yangsung, nice. <laughs> I'm there." That means I'm I'm that close to being able to book a reservation there myself. Yeah, I love, I absolutely love that place. Um, I wish we had something like that here. here. Oh man, that'd be crazy. So, if you're not familiar with what we're talking about, Kaiju Sakaba is also known as. The Kaiju Bar or the Kaiju Pub. And it's a play on words. In uh, one of the episodes of Ultraman, where they get Sibos, where they find Sibos, he's in the Kaiju Hakaba, the Kaiju Graveyard. And so Sakaba, Hakaba, you know, it rhymes. <laughs> and uh, anyway, the deal is that this bar exists as a place for Kaiju to come commiserate against their hero enemies and it's like totally decorated for kaiju by kaiju and just really just i don't know it's immersive in a sense like it's so there's ultraman stuff going on everywhere 
There's monster stuff happening everywhere. The the big room where we get our big table has a huge mural on the wall that's like nothing but Ultraman monsters. And I think they're fighting Ultraman. Yep. But yeah, ah, so fun. I love that place. And when we were there, there was a special guest. For sure. The manager himself, Balton Sajin. <laughs> Balton Sajin, welcome to the Kaiju cast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh yes fun times had at the kaiju sakaba yeah that was uh that was something that did not happen when we went there last time i don't believe no I we did I not have any kaiju activity yeah, yeah. last time yeah. and i love balton and the well I, I guess i don't want to spoil it but yeah a man the man the man that was or a woman that was in the suit <laughs> yeah um was doing an excellent job um giving everyone a show totally yeah. one of the bonuses was there was a little kid sitting behind our table <laughs> oh, that's right yeah 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 um who instantly was terrified when he walked in but eventually um warmed up to the uh the guy interacting with him and it was just a lot of fun watching him interact. And then of course it was even more fun watching Ed interact. And then a group of adults interact you know, <laughs> with about as much enthusiasm as the little kid. Yeah. It was pretty awesome to see uh Bolton like towering over everybody at the table, <laughs> raising his claws up. I would, yeah, I would suggest that actually, if anybody's going to go to Kaiju Sakaba, if they're making plans to go to Japan, Go to their website and look, do the auto translate thing if you have Google Chrome. Translate the page, look at the news updates, the alerts that they do. And every month they will announce the appearances of monsters at the, at the restaurant the following month. So that's how I knew. Yeah. Bolton's going to be there, man. Yeah. I mean, it was, I think, well, I, I don't think, I know you had mentioned that it was, going to be happening and it's it was really it wasn't surprising but it was a lot more fun than i kind of expected because oh yeah the the guy will be in there and he'll be dressed up in a suit and then of course he comes out and it's just like it's a awesome looking suit oh yeah those suits are like legit literally standing next to someone acting and doing all these awesome poses and which balton is great at just doing these little cool little poses with those claws he's got like his three poses that he can do and yeah i mean three it really did feel like getting to see someone i mean you know within reason doing some ultraman acting in the no right there in front of you i totally get that dude absolutely especially since it's since he's already just kind of humanoid anyway yeah it totally doesn't just like disrupt the uh Suspension of disbelief. I'm 100% on board with Disney World replacing all the Disney characters <laughs> with ultra characters. So, uh, Yeah, and you mentioned Ed. Ed Holland still was with us for all that. Uh, Ed brought some cool prizes to give away to people. So he sort of like did a did like a game trivia thing. I can't remember what he did there, but. <laughs> no, it was uh, paper. Oh, it was rock, scissors. paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rock, paper, scissors. And, uh, yeah, many folks of the Kaiju Cast Fanvasion walked out of that place with a bag of goodies from Monster Attack Team and Ed Holland. Yep. Yep. 
yeah, he was good. He was a good guy to have on our team at that uh, at that dinner, and we actually hung out with him the following day too. Let's go ahead and talk about the following day, Godzilla Day, mm. November third. Yeah, November third, Godzilla's birthday. So according to their schedule, the festivities started at 10 a.m. And that was sort of like an opening ceremonies. We got to see that when we got there. Uh, if you listen to the last episode, we actually did cover a little bit of this in that episode, just talking about what was going on for Godzilla's birthday. Uh, I believe from there, they had Akira Takarada come up and talk to people. And then they had the Godzilla 1954 high touch. <laughs> high touch for those who are unaware it means that high touch. Andrew backs me up on this. I doubt, you know. <laughs> anyway, uh, after the Godzilla 1954, let me actually bring this into my Google Translate because <clears throat> so the Google Translate app allows you to use your camera and it will actually translate Japanese. It does an okay job, but um, when it translated this, it said high touch. And I was like, what is that? What is high touch? That doesn't make any sense to me. And that just basically means high five. And uh, after the Godzilla 54 high touch, that's when they had the Seiko watch people come up and do a demonstration. Oh, yeah. I think I've seen pictures of that. Not, how would I say this? I'm not their target demographic. <laughs> no, I, I can only imagine the price tag on that. So It was, I think, thousands of dollars. Yeah. Not for me. It's not for me. It's all good, though, because after that, there was the Godzilla 1999 high touch, followed by the Chibi Godzilla stage show. Which I actually did watch some of it. <laughs> did you, you didn't watch any of it live. You must have seen it on the... No, no, I watched some of it live. It was uh, when everybody was standing around. Oh, really? Um, I kind of... I, I saw that it was going on, and oh. I think at least in the... Kaiju cast group I've gone on record to say how much I'm not a fan of that but I did it for Gretchen nice. wanted to go get some photos for her and it was actually pretty fun because there was all these little kids yeah sitting around and it was set up um on this big h you know high definition screen where they had like uh it was designed like a storybook because it's obviously chibi it's like right the chibi godzilla is um, also a storybook too yeah and it had all these little fun funny things that he was doing you know burning his butt and <laughs> whatever he does but uh <sighs> yeah i don't know if something i don't know if somebody in a like a chibi suit or anything came out i didn't i only stayed around long enough to take a few photos well clancy let me tell you from the photo evidence and video evidence i've seen online yes there was a chibi godzilla suit that came out also the uh, hot, muscular dude in the Chibi Godzilla briefs came out. <laughs> okay. Which <laughs> that was weird. I unfortunately <laughs> saw that video too. I didn't, I'm glad I didn't see it live. Yeah, Although it would happened. have been it would have been fun, and you probably would have seen me running over, screaming, <laughs> "You guys need to come see what the hell is happening over on this stage right now." I, yeah. I can't. Well, I guess I can't believe it. I've seen. I've seen weirder stuff. Like <laughs> it was crazy. Uh, and yeah, I didn't see that part live because we, we eventually just kind of took off after we, after everybody had their lunch and we felt like we sort of did everything. Uh, we took off, but we'll talk a little bit about that. We did stuff. I got some exclusives, went shopping and that was fun. And I mean, always 
it's always great to get exclusives when they come out. It's, it's always a little bit lame to find out that those exclusives are being sold online <laughs> afterwards. Yeah. But, you know, it's cool, whatevs. Uh, after that, we did lunch. We ha- I think we all had lunch in the same area, pretty much. We were yeah. all downstairs in that shopping center. It was like a gorgeous food court they had. Yeah, tons of different little options for everybody. And we kind of all just wandered to different places. We broke know, up into up. groups of three, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. There was a vegetarian place for the metalheads, and Scott ate with them. I ate with Stefan and James, and you, Brian, and Weber ate yep. at the steak place or the pizza place? Burger uh, place? Well, it was, yeah, burger and, and yeah, beef, pork. Beef. Meat. Niku. Niku. Meat and beer. Uh, yeah, man. So that was, uh, that was pretty much how our day ended, but they also had some cool stuff on display. Uh, in addition to having a scavenger hunt with Lupin the third, Lupin the third, they had these chibi Godzilla hats, which I tried to put on my head and ripped the edges (laughs) there. So not made for it. They're made for kids and people with heads smaller than me, I guess. So yeah. That's okay. I I brought home my order form from the exclusive line just for the heck of it. Not that anybody's going to see this except you right now, Clancy. But this, however, I would like to take a picture of for the show notes because this was what they were handing out to advertise for the Awaji Island Godzilla theme park thing that's happening. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Godzilla Interception Operation Awaji, the National Awaji Island Institute of Godzilla Disaster. They are doing doing this up like a newspaper. Like, I cannot read that, obviously, but it was really cool to see their maquette, their model that they yeah. had there that shows what they're actually going to look like. That's going to be huge. Do you, actually, do you know where Awaji Island is? Uh, I think so, but... Oh, right on. Um, well, I'm not going to quiz you on it because that's not was not my point <laughs> in asking you. But um, I actually was lucky enough to get taken to not Awaji Island, but a place that had Awaji Island cuisine. Yeah. So it's actually just off the coast, as you can see here on this map, Clancy, just off the coast of like where Osaka is. Awaji Island sits in between. What is that? Uh, she's is that Shizuoka? Oh, Shikoku. So it's in between Shikoku and uh, the mainland there, and the Awaji. So somewhere on this island, they're gonna have this gigantic Shin Godzilla. Yeah, that's nuts. <laughs> like that's. I, I'm guessing it's somewhere in one of these parks. I would almost certainly make the trek to that, especially if I was going to do something where I was going to Osaka. Yeah. Seeing yeah. as how, how close that is. Yeah. And, I'm not, I'm not positive if I, cause when I went like 15 years ago, we took a boat. I was almost near the Southern down, you know, where the army base is. Oh yeah. I wasn't at the army base, but I was that far down and we took a boat when we went to Osaka and Kyoto, but I don't remember where we landed. If it was in that little inlet there or, Interesting. Yeah, it's been so long. And at the time, I was just in a daze taking an overnight boat that I definitely did not fit in the bunk. (laughs) I think you you told me about that story, (laughs) man. Anyway, uh, so that's that was our time at Godzilla Day. One of the things I didn't mention is uh, as soon as we got there, I said hello to a couple people 
TJ Storm was there with Jessica Sang from the Kaiju Kingdom podcast and uh, Maki and Tetsuya Takarada. Tetsuya is Akira Takarada's son. They were there. Oh, and so was Sonoe Nakajima. Yep. So all of those people were sort of hanging out together. So I got to say hi right when we got there. And uh, we all went out to dinner together that night. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, TJ Storm was a really nice guy. I hadn't met him before. Uh, got to chat with him a little bit. Um, the funny thing about that, though, is that I saw him at the actual festivities. And he kept, like, I didn't, at that point, I hadn't talked to him. He just seemed to keep being in my area, though. Yeah. <laughs> so I knew the photographers were capturing by no choice by me, they were snapping all these photos and I'm like, I am literally standing in yeah. every single one of these yeah, photos. Totally. So it was really funny to see a couple people tagging me in these posts that people were making about the event. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Blurry and standing behind, uh, you look DJ like Storm. security. Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> definitely. There's a couple of shots. Funny. Yeah. I was like, like clicking through and because Laura's hair is like so vibrant, yeah. I was like, whoa, there she is. It was awesome. So, yeah. So uh, seeing them at the Godzilla day was awesome. And then um, having dinner was hilarious because originally we were, we were actually going to go to Kaiju Sakaba Shimbashi the night after Kawasaki. Yeah. Because they had supposedly Pigmon was going to be there. Yep. I was really looking forward to seeing Pigmon, but oh my God, we had way too many people. Yeah. We had nine. Our group, just the Kaiju cast, had nine. They wanted to join us. And so I was like, well, how many do you guys have? And Jessica said, well, I think we have four. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Shimbashi's way smaller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe they could just split us up into two tables. So I literally thought we were going to have 13 people. And then the whole entourage shows up and the grand total was 21. <laughs> and that is way too many people. They just like immediately came out and apologized. Yeah, so we just went and took over an entire restaurant. Yeah, some some other poor restaurant. This yeah. had an entire line of people being loud and having fun. I'm sure they liked it. It was fun. Yeah, we yeah. Had, I had a good time. Yeah, I mean, as much as I would have loved to go to the other Kaiju Sakuba, it's a bit of a bummer, but it was not. I, I much rather would have just been able to have a group dinner like we did. Yeah, versus... I will say the Kaiju Sakuba Shimbashi it's smaller and so it's decorated less. Yeah. There's cool stuff in there for sure. I wish we had been able to go for sure, but it just, it's not something that I was going to lose sleep over, especially since I think the better of the two is the Kawasaki one. Yeah. And I mean, we had so much fun at that anyways. Yeah. Was... Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it was really cool to see TJ storm just like kind of get up, at one point and come over to our side of the table and just be like, Hey man, how's it going? Like start talking to everybody. He's a class act. That guy. I, I am so glad that I got to talk to him on the podcast about his work on King of the monsters. Anyway, uh, that's pretty much the end of our second day. It's like, that's all I ever written down at least. Uh, in the third day, the third day I was like, you know what guys, we're going to, Take it a little easy today. We're going to start a little late. The first thing we're going to do is find a store that opens at 11. So have a nice chill morning and uh, I'll see you here at like 1030 in the morning or something like that. And so we went to 
um, how would I say that? We walked over to a shopping center area of Ikebukuro because they have an, an Evangelion store, which was a specific request. So I did that. Uh, and also I knew that other people in the trip liked that anime as well. But as soon as we got there, you guys found the tower records, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. A little tower records, like up on the fifth floor or something like that. So we did that. There was also. Is there something else? Yeah. A store that I believe was supposed to be called Candy Stripers. Oh. <laughs> they did not spell it right, so it was actually Candy Strippers. But The tastiest of strippers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it when you come across that stuff in Japan. <laughs> it's so good. Anyway, we headed over to Akihabara after that. I really was intent on doing like a day in Akihabara, which is pretty cool. It, in fact, I would even go so far as to say... The hours that we spent in Akihabara still not enough. No, probably not. I mean, if you're if you're going for shopping, yeah, yeah. yeah. When I I I think well, I I think people on the trips' wallets probably thank you for not having more time <laughs> to spend more money. But, Especially uh, since the last place we went, the Akiba building that had so much stuff in yeah. it, and I was we were having to rush people through because we had a we had a dinner engagement that day. Yes, we did. That's right. Uh, after Akihabara, we went back to, we went over to Nakano, and 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 because a special arrangement was made to happen during our trip, we were able to have dinner and get some stuff signed uh, from some Japanese celebrities from the Godzilla series. We had dinner with Akira Kubo, Yukiko Kobayashi. Masaki Daimon and Tomoko Ai. So that's Kubo is, uh, you know, he plays the hero and destroy all monsters. Yeah. Uh, Yukiko Kobayashi also is his lady in that movie. She's the one that gets taken over by the Kelax. I was trying to remember her name. What's your name, Clancy? Oh, don't quiz me. Uh, Kyoko Manabe. Oh, yes. The nerd brain <laughs> kicks back in. Anyway, so uh, she was there. And Masaki Daimon is from Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla. And, dude, that guy was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I had a, never met him before. He was a cool uh, cool person and uh, just, a, just a presence. Tell you what, I never, ever thought I would hear a Japanese person speaking German. <laughs> that was very interesting to hear. His facial expressions are still really good, too. Yeah. He, well, and he, uh, I think he was the first person that I got a photo with. And uh, he signed the um, board for me and wrote, you know, wrote my, you know, to Clancy on there and just definitely, you know, because whenever you go to those things, it's kind of at first, it's a bit awkward. And oh, sure. Definitely yeah, yeah. Just was like, Let, let's do this. And I got a great photo with him and it was just. That's cool. You know, that's super cool. Yeah. I was really glad I got to got to meet him. And plus, they came over to our table sort of one by one. And we got to hang out with them, and uh, there was definitely we got to hear stories, we got to ask questions. Yeah, yeah, it was because um, I've been at a few things like that before, and I've I've had the chance to speak to some actors from these films, um, but this this was definitely just had a vibe to it that was different than every other time that I've done it. I agree totally. Um, yeah, and even since we did have someone that was able to translate a bit for us um yeah we 
we got a little bit of personal time, our group with each individual and it all four interactions felt very unique. They all felt very present and very into speaking with us and laughing at some of the goofy things we had to say too. Um, and it was a lot of fun. It was cool. Like every single one of them, every single one wanted to know if it was our first time in Japan. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So like it became a, I I was like, Oh, I know what they're asking. First timers, raise your hand. (laughs) And like, (laughs) and then second time it was, yeah, it was really fun to hang out with them. And like, I'm just going to go ahead and say like Masaki Diamond's story about taking his girlfriend (laughs) to go see, was it Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla? Yeah. They went to go see that and she didn't know that he was an actor. (laughs) Yeah. And he did not, bothered to tell her yeah. or purposefully did not tell her that he was going to be showing up on screen. <laughs> and and she course, became his wife. Yeah. <laughs> but it was just such a funny story. Like on watching him act it out in her totally. reactions. It was, totally. so, it was so great. Ah, uh, that was such a great night. And then the other night, one of the other nice things that happened there is, you know, the custom in Japan of not filling your own glass, mm-hmm. filling each other's, drinks and you have the shared you know shared big bottles of beer and everybody got quite a kick out of it when uh kirikubo grabbed one of the bottles and was you know pouring us each a beer and i definitely know that was one where everybody's like oh i mean you know (laughs) can you believe it yeah yeah it really was right i mean this is special like let's just say i feel very lucky that i've been able to meet most of those actors before tomoko i was able to come to g fest Somewhat recently, mm-hmm. Yukiko Kobayashi and Akira Kubo both were in my documentary. Yeah, yeah. So I felt really lucky to have already met those people. But like Kubo can't come to America, you know, and neither can uh, I think basically no, none of those actors can come back to America for either health reasons or something. So I, I mean, I thought having the opportunity to not just like be there with them, but have that interaction like what you're talking about, like priceless yeah in a sense i mean these actors have whatever time is given to them left on this earth and i want to be able to do that with as many people as possible you know you get those opportunities it's like just say yes you know just do it because we didn't know exactly how it was going to play out true yeah i mean i i assumed it was going to be a great you know fun time but it's always seems better than what you think is going to happen and it was delivered. Yeah. And and again, you're getting to share in something that's very personal when you're on this trip in a, you know, very far from home and you don't, you don't have, I mean, I know we've since made friends and you have a lot of friends in Japan, but you know, to get those little personal experiences, not everyone gets to have those. That's true. Um, And the only other thing I, I definitely want to add is it was just like, Again, that thing of, you know, you're, we're all of a sudden we're at the dinner and we're standing waiting around to get photos with these people. And I'm feeling a little nervous about it. And, um, basically I just, you know, went up to Kirakubo, he signed my board and, you know, you're getting, getting ready to take a picture. And it's just like, you know, I, I already feeling a little awkward. And of course I'm like six foot two. So <laughs> I'm trying to not look even more awkward in the photo. And I basically just, you know, got down and then it's like, he just, you know, grabbed my hand and held my hand, took the phone. And of course I've got this look on my face like, Oh, this is, you know, and it just felt comfortable at that point. And it was just, yeah, it was, a, 
it was a great night. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. If I recall, Andrew actually posted something really very cool, similar kind of vibes yeah. on, on Facebook after that happened. It was kind of touching. Oh, well, and speaking of Andrew, the one other thing I'll add for his experience, him mm-hmm. and Laura brought oh, the right. brand new Criterion Godzilla box set. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think anybody that was there, I none of us, had. I know you got yours before we left, but we hadn't even seen it. I hadn't cracked it open. It was like sitting on my desk yeah. waiting to get for me to come back. Yeah. But watching them take that up to all the actors and watching the actors open up this massive, very colorful, beautiful, bright book. Totally. All these Godzilla images in their film sitting there, a page dedicated to the film that they're in and then them explaining to him what it was. They all got big eyes and were just like, what, what is this that you're having these signs? So that was just a hell of a lot of fun. To that watch. was super cool. Watch yeah. That happened. I was so glad they brought that with. Oh man, they should be carting that around to every convention until <laughs> yeah. uh, they just fill up those pages. Yeah, yeah. That would be amazing. Anyway, let's move along to our next day. Actually, let's take a music break. <laughs> like, let's see. Uh, since Scott hooked me up with a cute Busca figure and ramen was a repeat meal many times over on this trip, let's actually hear the Busca theme performed by Animetal, which is the bonus track on their album Animetal Marathon 3. Godzilla's at Mount Fuji. Gentlemen, our blockade cannot last forever. We must act. The atomic bomb is out of the question. Our only chance is somehow to bring them together. Kong versus Godzilla. If we are lucky, both will die. November 5th, the KaijuCast Fanvasion took the KO line to Chofu, which is on the western side of Tokyo, like right before, I think, the Tama River. Is that the Tama River? Am I right about that? Yes. Look at me go. Like right before the Tama River. Anyway, 
The Tama River is uh, significant because that's where they held off Shin Godzilla in that movie. So anyway, the reason we went there is because that is where Katakawa Studios or what used to be Daiei Studios, Daiei Pictures, that is where they are. And uh, not only do they have two Daimajin statues out front, one of them the stone version and one of them the flesh version, guarding the doors to their studio like two giant gods. They also have a gift shop. And keen eyes will search past the gift shop to see the cafeteria where, (laughs) through the windows of the cafeteria, because we can't go there yet, (laughs) you can see the original 1999 Gamera and Iris suits. Um, And there's some other stuff, too, but yeah. Yeah, and then they have that big Gamera mural similar to the Godzilla one on the side of the building. Predates that. I remember seeing that in 2011 when I went. Nice. And at the same time, I said the same thing. Man, it's a good thing I don't want to get in trouble in Japan because I could just (laughs) hop this fence. Like, it would take me no effort at all to hop that fence. And then I would be back there in Katakawa Studio. But no, I'm a good lad. And uh, I'm sure someday I might actually get to go see what the cafeteria is all about. But we had to... uh, live with just the Daimajin statues and Shop Majin, which is interesting and has changed quite a bit from the last time I was in there. Oh, really? Yeah. They didn't have that laser cutter uh, thing, okay. which takes up like half the store. Yeah, yeah. It has <laughs> they, a particular scent. Yeah. The scent, you know, some people talk about the scent of wood in Japan and it's like, it's a, it's a legitimate thing. Like, I have some little wooden figurines that came from areas where they had like take pride in the the scent of their wood. Mm. This was a different kind of smell. (laughs) Burned wood by laser does not smell like a nice fire. (laughs) It smells like it actually smells kind of chemically and it's stuck in my beard. (laughs) That was the lamest part about it. Hours and hours later, I was like, I can still smell it in my beard. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, they had all sorts of cool stuff to buy at there at the shop. My gene Scott, I believe bought an original piece of art from Yuji Kaida. Oh, was that? Uh, yeah. I saw he was buying something. I didn't see what he bought. Though. Yeah. That's a, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Scott, but they also had the Daimajin cookies, yep. which I am psyched to have in my possession for a little while again. <laughs> they also had, uh, they did have some figures for sale because I think some people, a few people definitely bought some stuff at Shop Majin. So that was kind of fun to go to. Yeah. I know they had some higher end looking things and I, they had the Revel Tech. Is that what they're called? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Revel Tech. That's those superposable figures. Yeah. I don't have any Gamma ones here because that's what they had there, but that's a Revel Tech guy. That's an Angulus. I'll just put him back on his dusty little shelf. Uh, yeah, that was, so we went to do that. That was, uh, pretty much an early, that wasn't too early, but we got there around 1030 in the morning and did that before we headed off to Nakano Broadway Mall, where once again, it was a shopping day. So I just sort of turned these kids loose in Nakano Broadway Mall. All right, we'll meet out there at five o'clock, guys. (laughs) It was, uh. And and then I realized, oh, no, we are going to have dinner tonight with some friends of mine, and I forgot to grab them their omiyage presents. Yeah. So I had to bust back to the hotel, pack up some 
little giftos for my friends. Meet everybody back at Nakano Broadway Mall. And then we went to Shinjuku, where we hit the Godzilla store. People checked that out for a little while. And then we went to dinner with G and Matsubara from X Plus and also Kaneda from Bandai Premium joined us. And we just kind of went to just, uh, I guess, like a pub, you could say, in, in Shinjuku in the Kabukicho yeah, yeah. district. Yeah, one of those uh, rent the place for a certain amount of time, I believe, is what we were doing. Yeah, I think that was what we were doing. Pay yeah. a price, mm-hmm. drink your fill. I like that those kinds of places. Oh, yeah. It's nice and it's just... Just chill. Yeah. You know what you're going to pay and just... Just raise your hand every time you want another beer, every time you want another drink. Guzzle beer and have some laughs. Yeah, it was good. We got to hang out with uh, those guys. It's always, always so fun to hang out with those guys from X Plus and... Um, this is the third time I've seen G this year. That's like crazy. I see G more than my family. <laughs> I saw him in February when we went to Osaka. I saw him at G Fest because he came to G Fest yeah. this year. And I saw him just now in uh, in November at the, the Fanvasion trip in Shinjuku. It's like crazy. He's awesome. Uh, also... Bandai Premium's Kaneda, I mentioned he was there. He sat at one end of the table and basically like was asking everybody like what they liked about Tokusatsu stuff and about collecting toys and showed them all sorts of cool stuff that uh yeah, I he showed me some of it too. I was like, "You are you've been very busy, sir." Yeah. Very lots busy. of yeah. exclusive secrets that we can't tell you. We shall never divulge their information until they're probably and then we'll be like oh my god i knew about that for so long (laughs) there was one time where i had an interview with g and he was in osaka and i was in tokyo so i set up he set up this like skype call basically and i'm sitting there recording the tv (laughs) and as he's setting it up and he's all like kazan how are you is uh the guy that does all the prototype painting is there setting up a figure (laughs) on the table and I'm like, it's the Gargantuas, the, the Gargantuas set that's up there. Yeah. But it was before they were available. And I was like, gee, um, this is video, right? Like, you know, <laughs> this is video. <laughs> like, are you sure you want to have that on there? He goes, oh, right, right, right. Please take this away. <laughs> like, the guy had to come dismantle it. But uh, yeah, he's, G is awesome. Uh, I can't wait to actually visit him in, in Osaka again. Yeah. Um, and I would actually encourage anybody that knows him personally to, you know, definitely reach out if you go to Osaka, because that's his, that's his stomping grounds. Uh, after dinner, we went to the Godzilla hotel and had ourselves a little partay in the Godzilla room. Oh yeah. Got to, I think it's like fun. Cause I call it a party, but really it's just hanging out, drinking a few beers and passing out the goodies that you get for staying in the Godzilla room. Yep. And the only uh, the only one of us that braved the Godzilla room for the evening was Canadian James. Yeah. He uh, had a little solo party. I'm sure he and Godzilla were partying throughout the <laughs> night. <laughs> I haven't received any additional charges on my bill that I know of, yeah. so it couldn't have been too much fun. Oh, man. And so that was like day four, day five. The entire day was spent going to Koryama and Tsukagawa, which is up in the Fukushima prefecture. So we take a bullet train in the morning. 
we head up to the Tsuburaya Museum, which is in Tsukugawa, and we check out that. What did you think of the Tsuburaya Museum, dude? I thought that, I mean, that day was all around amazing, but that whole experience of going to that museum, um, I love that kind of thing. Especially, like, I know we had done some stuff that wasn't, you know, right in the middle of Tokyo prior to that, but you're just in so many busy areas, and then we step off the train there. Definitely, yeah. You're definitely in, you know, a rural area. There's hardly anybody walking around. You step out, they have a Ultraman statue sitting right there in front of the train station with the whole sister city to oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. M78. <laughs> and then um, just all, the whole all walking up the street and seeing all those Ultraman statues. True. Yeah, they've um, got a whole bunch of statues lining the street. If you listen to the episode I did with David Dopko in February, we talked a lot about that that visit, too. Yeah. But it's just it's a beautiful area. You're in Subaraya's hometown. Mm-hmm. And just thinking about that and just that you're now there. Um, to me, it's just, it's an amazing experience to have. Um, and it's also just a nice moment to step back from all the stuff, other stuff that's going on and just really focus on the fact that I'm here in Japan with a bunch of cool people and we're doing this. And then of course we nerded out about Ultraman walking up the street and, (laughs) It's hard not to when you come across a, you know, life size in terms of the suit, like statue just sitting there of Ella King. Yeah. You know, well, I, I love seeing that stuff just because, um, you know, it's not, it's obviously it has its fans. All this stuff has its fans in this country, but Mm -hmm. it's not like it's around everywhere you go. True. It's very Ultraman has not been nearly as prolific here in America. Like, not even in the same galaxy. Yeah, and then all of a sudden to be somewhere where it's being celebrated right out there on the streets. And that I mean, that's even in Tokyo. It's everywhere. Yeah, totally. Um, Countless times I've seen, like, subway ads, like the ones that are on the walls yeah. in the subways, the big ones. Like, I've seen Ultraman things yeah. on there. In Kabuki Show, there used to be, I think, like a cell phone company ad and Ultraman was like right big yeah. on the center of the ad, like just towering over the street. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I get why, I mean, the show has been running as long as it has. It's, mm-hmm. you know, extremely popular and it's still popular and they still create shows. So I get why it's there, but like, it's one of those things where you don't know how it's going to feel until you're experiencing it. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. It's, it's just, it's crazy. It's, it feels so, and I've already, I've been there multiple times and it's, to me, it's just, I smile every time seeing it. It's, I just, it's awesome. Yeah. It's like one of those things about Japan that's alluring. That's sort of like that thing that you like, it's everywhere here. Yeah. Yeah. And the Subaraya Museum itself is still like just really so nice. Actually, I think they put some more stuff in there to be perfectly honest. I mean, there was a, there was a section of, of prop like things that I was like, wait a second. I don't remember this being here before. Yeah. But yeah, it's gorgeous to see that suit on display. Did you watch the little movie? The yeah, little I watched, movie? I watched the movie. That was fun. And the suit was very cool to me. The major highlight is this giant Toho studios diorama that they have of the pool, uh, 
one of the buildings. And then when you go behind it, there's this workshop with all these like model, you know, prop, you know, planes for being used in movies and a Godzilla suit hanging on a rack. And it's just like, I walked, I walked around that thing probably over 50% of the time that I was walking around in there was spent just looking at that. that, that. It's a like incredible diorama, like showing the, like, man, first up, I have not seen it ever, but you know that the pool is gone. Yeah, yeah, Like the Toho pool is long gone. And I believe what the story was, was that they kept making it smaller over the years, right? But that diorama represents what the pool looked like, I think, when it was in its full size. And it really, I think, takes something like a diorama for you to like lean over, bend down and like look at it at eye level yeah, to see like the scale of something like that. And I don't know if that is done to scale it or not, but man, what a gorgeous diorama. What a gorgeous thing. If I can't imagine going into that museum and not just being enamored with that whole yeah. setup. Because it's not just showing, like, this is a movie studio. You know, they're filming a scene of something here, but it's got the at least three or four things happening in the pool. Mm-hmm. Plus, you get to see all the technicians and it really is a good example of like how they do the special effects techniques, even though it's a teeny tiny little just miniature statue. Yeah. It's awesome. I'm a big fan of that area, obviously. The books that they have, every time I go in there, I will pick up the books and I will be like, you know what? I think I need to track this book down for yeah. my own collection. Yeah. And uh, I mean, if you lived in Sukagawa, you could just go check those out from that library. <laughs> That's like blows me away. Maybe I should get a library card next time. That's a bad idea. <laughs> the late fees alone will be huge. Uh, actually, you know, Ed was able to take pictures there when it first opened up. And I think they just let him publish his very first photo. Yeah, I saw that. Of that special effects studio diorama. I am going to have a link in the show notes to that so people can see. I know I saw it because it says Clancy Peterson liked it. <laughs> There it is. Yeah. So the Sukagawa, uh, the museum, the Subarai Museum, I should say, in Sukagawa, still great. I hope everybody else really enjoyed that. I know it seems like a hike to get up there, but then after that, we were able to go hang out with our good friend Yuji and Michi Nishimura, who showed us their wonderful collection once again. Yeah. Yeah. Another round of people just not knowing what they're about to see. I mean, I know <laughs> they had they had stories, but uh I could just tell everybody was kind of left speechless, just like we were the time before. Yeah, it was good. It was good. And Yuji was like flipping, uh, giving me a little crap, which was kind of funny. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, yes, I have gained weight, Yuji. You are correct. <laughs> yeah, he de- he uh, instantly went into my uh, posting of guitars and, oh, right. and, and much drinking of beer. He's like, don't drink too much beer. And uh, keep posting <laughs> pictures of your guitars. Um, yeah, the really cool thing is I've since met, you know, I've since seen them a number of times mm-hmm. since the first time we met. And um, that to me was the highlight of that day was just getting to visit with them. And it just seemed like Yuji was even more talkative this time. He was. Yeah. I mean, he talked to us before, but it was like almost like we could have kept staying. We could have stayed 
late into the night and just hung out with them down there. Yeah. Chatting well, about this stuff. time. Uh, so last time when we went to see UG, yeah, yeah. Michi was with us a lot of times. So she would sort of act as an interpreter. Yeah. But this time UG just basically kind of like used what he knew and explained stuff. And then I would pick up the slack a little bit and be like, Oh my God. So these things, you guys, Oh my God, these are <laughs> Sonorama. So yeah, I actually had a way nerdier time during this visit because he went into all that, those paper goods yeah. <laughs> like into like crazy detail. Anyway, uh, if you're unfamiliar with what we're talking about, UG has an insanely awesome collection of materials from the history of Godzilla and Kaiju films and tokusatsu in general. It is mind blowing. And, uh, we're lucky, very lucky that they have let us come visit them twice. I'm still like blown away that they're like, yes, please come back. So way to go guys. Nobody screwed up and nobody got us banned from the Nishimura's. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, oh, you, you know what? Honestly, one of the highlights of that was seeing Yuji painting. Yeah, that was very cool. That was awesome. He was painting the M1 Hedra, giant Hedra figure that's, yep. they're probably going to be selling, I think it's this weekend in uh, in California. They're going to Designer Con. Oh, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. A lot of fun hanging out with them. And we took the last train back to get us back home yep. on time and, uh, or we were going to take the last train home, but we were close. We were think one or two off. So Clancy, where were you standing when this, when the bullet train went through the station this time? Pretty close. Yeah. Were you facing the track or facing away from the track? I don't, I don't remember if I was looking or not. I know, I know it scared the hell out of me. <laughs> I remember. There was something that gave me some sort of indication. I don't remember if what it was, if I heard an announcement yeah, or if I saw an announcement or something, but something gave me a couple of seconds to get ready for it. Cause I remember being like, Oh wait, what? And then the world ends for a split <laughs> second. So we are talking about if you're in the train station, in a train station, on a platform, an open air platform yeah when a bullet train goes rocketing through that station koreama's got that feature and we experienced it on that last trip (laughs) (laughs) and i told david and keith about it on this trip earlier this year and then sure enough we got to experience it all together again and it was it's actually it's definitely better being on the second time around to see everybody else's reactions to be like i i bet i looked exactly like that the first time (laughs) that happened to me Let's take the bullet train. That's a cool little thing that, like, if it weren't for going up to Sukagawa and for Yuji and Michi, like, I would not take people on bullet trains on yeah. these trips. You know, it's like a it's a good excuse to do it, I think. Yeah, and it's a great way to see the countryside. Yeah, I'm fully, I, you know, 1,000% support getting the rail pass because apparently we, we can get rail passes, but... You can't get a rail pass if you're Japanese. Yeah, correct. It's probably a tourism incentive to get people to actually go out to some of these outer areas. And yeah, because the, the cost is actually, it's a little prohibit, prohibitive if you were going to try to do it a lot. Mm-hmm. I would agree. So, as a tourist, I mean, so if you're going to try to hit like five different spots or something, it would cost you an insane amount of money. So, I think that's why they offer them that way so that specifically tourists will jump on these trains yeah and 
it's it's a good plan. Yeah, and and it it is well worth it. It quickly pays for itself. Um and you essentially can get on anyone yeah. any one of those trains once you've bought that pass and it's Yeah. You don't even that have point, to have a special ticket. No. Yeah. Although they, they will issue those to you easily too. Oh, of um, course, yeah. And that's probably preferred if you're on yeah, a schedule, yeah. you know. Um but yeah, like to be able to have um cuz we Mike and I extended our trip a little bit and to be able to just have not even have to think about it like you can uh, all of a sudden you just decide I'm in Kyoto, I want to go to Osaka or whatever. Yeah. You don't have to think about it at all. You just jump on the train because you've already got the pass. And the longer you use it, the better the deal. Yeah, man. I fully endorse those Japanese rail passes and sure would like to get some sort of show uh, feedback from the Japanese rail company, (laughs) Japan Rail. If you want to get involved with Kaiju Cast (laughs) activities, just hit me up. You know, it's funny because you can use the rail pass on any JR line anywhere, including the stuff that just totes you around Tokyo. If I was really diligent about the spending and the accounting of it, I could figure out if having a rail pass for a week in Tokyo and hopping out to go to Sukagawa or something like that, what, like, would that be worth it? Yeah, I think you, well... Because you could also the other added way you're going to use it is if you take the train to get back to the airport. Because mm-hmm. even that's like another thirty, forty bucks. Yeah. So depending when you activate it, that wipes out that fee too. Because you guys did not have to pay that, correct? No, not at all. Yeah, we yeah. just basically said we want to go from Kyoto to Narita, and they gave us two different tickets to get us. Yeah. There, but uh, but yeah, it covered that airport train, cool, cool. Uh, express train. But anyway. I think to actually make it worth it, though, you would definitely have to take or want to take a longer trip. I don't know if you're going to be using because it's it's basically like around two hundred seventy dollars for like seven days. So the um, trip up to Sukagawa and back would it actually ended up costing everybody about one sixty. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. That having one of those trips is going to easily make it pay for itself if you're just going to use it to do like train rides around tokyo right i don't know that right. it would pay yeah. for itself at that point or be worth bothering totally um, but think about it even if you're like only planning on being in tokyo for a week yeah, yeah even if you have it planned that you are going to do it you could wake up early make everybody get up early take the first bullet train to osaka yeah yeah and do a one day in Osaka, take the last bullet train back. And like that alone, as I've said multiple times on the podcast, just the trip to Osaka and back alone would pay for the JR oh, yeah, yeah, pass. Yeah. Um, if you were getting your regular tickets. But yeah, like I love that. Like when Lady Kyle and I go back with Gretchen, like we're going to get rail passes so that we can go bounce around. Yeah. Like I talked a lot about Gegege no Kitaro in the Yokai episode. Shigeru Mizuki is actually from this area on the sort of northern coast of Japan, but not north Japan, like of Honshu, the main island, but it's like the opposite side of Tokyo and down a bit. Yeah. So I want to check that out. He's got like, there's like a museum, I think, there and yokai sculptures. And that's the only, the only way I would ever do that is if I had a rail pass. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, to get back on 
the rails of this topic, we <laughs> went back home uh, and let's talk about our final day. Let's talk about day six of the Fanvasion tour. Uh, there was a little bit of a mix up with James, Canadian James, unfortunately had to leave us a little early. So we took him down to the hotel where he was going to get on the, on the airport limousine to go back home. But because we had a teeny tiny little bit of time, we ran over to this owl cafe, which is pretty well known in Ikebukuro, this little owl cafe. I was like, well, James, all we're going to get to do is really just see the door open and see what happens <laughs> because Andrew and Laura and I think Scott yeah. all went to the, to the owl cafe. <clears throat> so the door opens and there's a freaking great horned owl on the floor <laughs> just looking up at us. And I let everybody go in and James and I are kind of like saying goodbye. And like, I was like, that's crazy. There's a big giant owl right there. And James goes, yeah, there's another one right there too. And like sort of around the corner from where I I'm at, I peek my head around the corner of the door and this <laughs> owl just goes, Broop, it looks right at me. And it, there was like a little moment where I was like, there's some primordial terror of this thing in my heart. But man, those are cool cool animals they had a good time but uh that was one of those things that that's not for me really yeah. owl cafes i'm more about the sheba cafes <laughs> <laughs> it's just ridiculous i know because i have one of them right here but yeah after that we went to shibuya we spent the day pretty much hanging out going to start going to do more shopping in shibuya that was the place i think where more people had requested that we go to specific stores was that specific area People wanted to go record shopping. Yeah. There were some galleries. The Tower Records, of course, is there. Mandarake is there. Mandarake had some great stuff in that location. Yeah. Well, in the record store that they had looked up, that wasn't Tower Records. Tower Disc Records Union. is cool. But yeah. yeah, that that was a four-story, five-story um, record store. But the coolest part was like going up, just go right up to the top, and it's just like this punk rock Oh, really? Heavy metal oh, record cool. shop. Um, and yeah, we popped in there and all of a sudden the elevator doors open. It's just blasting, you know, Japanese punk and it was a cool shop. And That's then awesome. of course, when you go down a level and it's playing like light, lighter music. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did not get to go to Disc Union. I'm not a record guy, but that does sound like it would be super cool to see. Yeah. I didn't wind up buying anything, but I saw a lot of cool stuff. Um, it's just so much. It's yeah. like, cause I mean, I record shopping here. I spend a day doing it and I just really didn't want to, I didn't want to go that deep into, totally, and yeah, then yeah. try to carry heavy records back to the States. But I also have well over 500 records in my apartment right now. I don't really need any more. <laughs> uh, you're not looking for any rare indie Japanese bands that have only released on vinyl in Tokyo. No, that's probably, yeah, no. Okay. No. All right. Good to know. Good to know. Yeah. The record shopping for me is like, it's a good way for me to not spend money. <laughs> you know? uh, actually, I was going to take them to RecoFan, which is another record shop. But thankfully, everybody was a little recorded out after Disc yeah. Union. Disc Union spent their wad. Yeah. People definitely got, uh, made some purchases and had a kick, got a kick out of doing it. So, so that was Shibuya. And Shibuya, you know what I should mention? Uh, Stefan had actually made some arrangements. One for when we were in Nakano, and the second one was in we, we were in Shibuya. 
he actually made arrangements to go hang out with some other people. Some of them very cool. He sounded like he had a really awesome time doing that. I believe that night, the Shibuya afternoon or whatever, he was out seeing the guy who directed the Lupin the Third movie. Oh, really? So, I mean, overall, it sounded like a lot of people had a great time on the stuff that we were doing, and then there were some other cool things for people to do on their own. Uh, the reason I even thought about that is because while you guys were record shopping, Stefan and I went to go meet up with Daisuke Sato, yeah, yeah. the director of Howl from Beyond the Fog, which is now finished. He's going to be taking it to film festivals and stuff like that, and the backers are about to basically get their goods. Yeah. I'm actually really, really looking forward to seeing that. I kind of can't wait. <laughs> like yeah. It was good to see him. He also brought a filmmaker friend of his named Eric, who uh, we got to chat for a little bit. Eric is a guy who's basically like living in Tokyo, striving to follow his passion of filmmaking. It sounds like he's making really great connections, too. I love making some time in these trips to meet up with friends and meet new people. I actually got to see independent director Shinpei Hayashia later on in the trip as well. Anyway, that was our time in Shibuya. What did we do for dinner that night? Time to consult the photographs. Oh, I know what we did for dinner. We went to Tokyo Station and went to Ramen Street for dinner. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, there is... Tokyo Station is huge and under construction. <laughs> <laughs> and sidebar, Lady Kyle made the decision the first day I went to work, <laughs> like the few days after what we're talking about. She's like, hey, I think I'm going to go to... Tokyo Station and find Character Street, to which I was just like, I applaud your confidence <laughs> and please, please keep me abreast of what's happening because holy smokes, Clancy, Tokyo Station is screwed right now. <laughs> it is under construction because they're getting ready for the Olympics. <laughs> it's under, somebody asked me earlier, like, isn't that under construction? And I said, everything is under construction yeah. right now. Uh, but yeah, Tokyo Station had some stuff happening so that it was really not clear how to get to Character Street and to Ramen Street, which are right next to each other. Yeah. But uh, once we found it, there was good ramen to be had. Yeah, it had its own little theme song going <laughs> on <the> video. <laughs> but uh, yeah, everybody was able to go find themselves some ramen and hang out and just we basically walked through Character Street after the Ramen Street. And then after that was done, everybody headed back to the hotel. I went and grabbed Stefan. And then everybody sort of hung out for a little while at yeah. the hotel. And then... Uh, Had some final night. Packed up. Drinks in the cafe. Yep. and Sad times. Saying yeah. goodbye. But, you know, uh, I hope everybody had a super great time on the trip. I would love to hear a little bit more about what you guys did when you, you and Mike sort of like went off on your own that last day. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, basically on the last day, everybody was saying their goodbyes and we just kind of realized, Mike and I, that if we wanted to have a, like, relaxing time getting to Kyoto, yeah, we should probably take off. So we went and got our bullet train tickets and that's when we we're just like, you're, you're on your own. So go to the station, go to this station and then catch the bullet train. Honestly, that that was probably the only thing I I, would, I don't want to say stressed about, but it was the only thing I was a little unsure about going into the trip. Like, yeah, how is that going to go? And like anything, once I'm in it and I have to mm -hmm. do this, it's it's fine. Um, and of course, Mike was a little worried 
we'd be on a train platform or something. He's like, I don't know if this is the right train. That's fine. We're where we're, we're supposed to be. Yeah. It's just not showing the train yet. Cause <laughs> you know, there's two other trains that have to show up first. Um, yeah. So we basically got to whatever station it was and then we had time to kill. So that's on the platform, had a beer, uh, bought some beers from the Seven Eleven or whatever it was, the convenience store that was on the platform and just had a nice, amazing, relaxing trip on the train to Kyoto, just looking out the window, yeah, chatting, bad, yeah. decompressing. Got a good and, view oh, yeah, on yeah. the way to Kyoto for sure. Yeah. Did, were you guys able to see Mount Fuji? So was it too rainy? Not on the way down. Uh-huh. But on the way back, there was a woman sitting next to us who was a Japanese woman, but at some point, I think Mike got up to go to the bathroom or something, and then she started talking to me in English oh. and found out that she basically was, I think, originally from uh, Os- from Osaka. Her husband was Canadian, and they lived in um, Toronto, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. But basically, they come back all the time, and you know, she was telling us about just talking to her. Um, but then she pointed out to us that we were about to be coming up to Mount Fuji and she's like, go over there and you'll be able to get an amazing picture of the mountain. Awesome. So we did that. Um, so yeah, it wasn't until the return trip, but it was a beautiful day at that point. Honestly, we only had one day, the entire trip where it started to rain. I thought that was hilarious that it started to rain. Or you mean on your side of the trip or the whole thing? Uh, I don't think it was. Yeah, on our side of the trip. I don't. Did it start raining? When- Just when we came back to the hotel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One night on our literal last legs of the night, like heading back to the hotel, it started pitter-patter raining. Yeah. That's, that was it for us. Yeah, no. When we were in Kyoto, it, one of the days it was, it wasn't all day. Yeah. But we definitely had to go buy one of those 400 yen umbrellas. It was bad enough for that. But I mean, once you had that. I love those things. Yeah. <laughs> I love those little disposable umbrellas. Uh, yeah. Actually, there was another day where Lady Kyle and I woke up and I was like, whoa, it is raining outside right now. Yeah. At 6 a.m. Cut to two hours later or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I got to get ready for work. Oh, what? There's no rain now. <laughs> like, it's just completely gone. It was almost as if it didn't even happen. Yeah. Yeah, the sun was the weather really cooperated very well. I know it's like boring to talk about the weather or about something like that, but I was really surprised of all the times I've been to Japan. That was definitely the nicest weather I've I've experienced. Yeah, it was sunny almost the whole trip, 70s. And of course, most people were coming back to full-on winter in the states. <laughs> oh yeah. Um that's so yeah, a third of our trip. Yeah. Yeah, a third of our trip is going to be experiencing those extreme winters <laughs> for quite a while. But yeah, so basically we Mike and I went down to Kyoto, got an Airbnb right by the train station. Nice. Got to it, no problem. Um, you know, went out and had some cuz once we got down there it was already getting late, so we went and grabbed some food real close to our Airbnb, a few beers. Um, and then the next day just dove right into, you know, looking what train we needed to take to get over to, uh, the more, you know, some of the tourist attractions did the mm-hmm. Imperial Palace and Nijo Castle. Cool. On the first day and just filled the day 
Um, but it was kind of nice to be because, I mean, we really didn't lay out some solid we're going to do all of this stuff. It was just let's, no master let's, plan. Yeah. Let's just yeah. make it a little more relaxed and take things as they come. And which I love that the Kaiju cast part of the trip was packed solid because I love coming up back to the hotel at the end of the day and just being exhausted. And it makes it feel like twice as long as the trip. Sure, actually yeah, is. Yeah. So, uh, but it was great to also step back from that. Um, Oh yeah. When lady Kyle got to Tokyo, I was like, it's so good to see you. We are putting the brakes on yeah. hard. And yeah. we are, yeah, we had a couple of nights where we didn't really do much. We just kind of hung out yeah. in the hotel room a little bit. Yeah. And of course, the other bonus to extending out the trip and going to Kyoto is even though it's, it's definitely a touristy area. Um, I mean, not the whole city, but plenty, there's, there was plenty of tourists. Um, but you're, you're, it's like you go from nerd trip, which is great. Yeah. To different kind of nerd trip. <laughs> yeah. Much yeah. more culture. Yeah. Um, just a whole different vibe from what we were doing in Tokyo. Um, for the most part. Um, yeah. yeah. I remember saying like, uh, we guys, we're not going to get much culture on this trip. Yeah. Yeah. But w- one of the, um, one of the best days in Kyoto was essentially, we were, we were at the Imperial Palace and, um, we're getting hungry. So we, I just kind of brought up my phone and found the closest place that had ramen. I mean, it was like this place called Fire Ramen. Oh, I yeah. Think. Yeah. Um, I, I saw the video. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was, it was definitely like a, a, a more, you know, it was a little more money and it was definitely like a more of a, not a gimmicky, I guess could be the word flashy um, yeah, literally yeah. flashy yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like and and like a tourist type spot but still it was a lot of fun the food yeah. was pretty good but yeah essentially they do this whole spiel where you kind of wait outside until they bring in enough people to sit you down at your table because they're going to do this whole show where they basically put your camera up into this little cradle so they can take the video of what's about to happen yeah um and then line everybody up and they, you know, you order your ramen. <laughs> yeah. And it is not lying when it's called fire ramen because they basically do something where, because it's a very oily yeah. ramen. And they essentially just dump this oil into your bowl and then the set it on fire somehow. Sets on fire. That yeah. It's such a crazy thing to see. And I, I think what I watched before, did you guys, maybe in the video Mike showed the, the instructions first, or maybe I saw the picture first that said like, keep your, yeah, uh, yeah, you yeah. keep your hands at your side, do not move, do not, you know, yeah, don't so, touch anything. Yeah. So that's what they're, yeah. In the whole video, they're basically, yeah. Laying out what you're supposed to do. And it is put your hands behind your back, lean back and don't <laughs> do anything. And yeah, don't, cause it, cause a lot of it's too not to get one. It's hot. And then the other is getting oil all over everything. Um, but I was like the last in line. Mm-hmm. So Mike's theory, and it's probably correct is they were just dumping. That was the end of the line. So basically <laughs> Whatever it, you can see on the video that it's like big flame for the first person, huge flame for Mike. And then mine just like is this giant burst of flame. <laughs> and I'm just like, Oh, and you can feel the heat. Oh man, um, I would love. I wonder if I could put that on in the show notes somewhere. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I th- 
I think Mike, I think, I think it's Mike on Mike's phone. It, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, the other side bonus to that going to that place is he is essentially the we started talking to the guy that was serving the food mm-hmm. and he handed us this little book that was put together by whoever owned that shop and it essentially listed out oh. all these places that were and he wrote it out in funny ways like this is the rio kyoto or whatever but they were essentially places that weren't as filled with tourists as oh that's cool like the imperial palace that's really cool and that next day we were like let's dig into this book and check these places out and it was not a lie like all these places that the person had listed in there that we went to were one just as beautiful as everything else we were doing, mm-hmm. but not filled with tourists. So we kind of went into the almost like somewhere into the city where there was this garden and I can't specifically remember the exact name for it at the moment, but it was like right in the middle of, you know, four city blocks or whatever, this amazing you know, Japanese garden, beautiful plants. Is this it? Bridges. Yeah. Uh, no, no, that's a different, that's a different place. That's a different garden. Man. Yeah. That, that was a cool little, he's basically just showing a video where we, I don't think that was the Imperial palace, but you're going through the place and there was this, this little side cafe, um, that had a little place where you could sit and drink beer, uh, and, you know, look at these little, fountains and yeah. water and it was definitely not you couldn't see all the people that were walking past and it was just well nice, i really like the idea of drinking a beer yeah. in, a, in a japanese garden for, yeah it was cool. for relaxing meditation purposes oh, yeah. of course exactly yeah um but yeah the garden in the middle of the city was like there was really there was like 20 people there or whatever and you're going over all these little cool bridges and stuff and um just you get to stop and just enjoy everything that's going on around you. Um, and then later that day we went up Kyoto tower and Oh, cool. Yeah. And that, you know, it's kind of like Mike had made a point when we were walking around, like I can't, I can't really get a sense of the city. Mm-hmm. Like we're in the city. So I don't really, I can't feel like the so- like the actual size and scope of it. And then when we went up, obviously in Kyoto tower, you get a view of everything interesting but the coolest I've never been up there yeah it was it was pretty fun i mean it was a lot like if you've gone up in the space needle or sure, any of those other yeah. things it was a very similar experience um but that garden that we went to when we were walking through you could see it in the middle of the city where there's just like all of a sudden like all these you know buildings or whatever and there's just giant square green area so just he was in like the middle there of, yeah i want to go there yeah well that was after we'd, we'd already known we'd Oh, that's where yeah, you yeah. had already gone there. Yeah, so we'd like, already gone there. And, we were there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's where we have been. Yeah, but it was a lot of fun. That's uh, cool. And it was just, again, like I said, it was when you're in all of that, starts to get a little... Totally. You know, that's cool. Claustrophobic. And I like a, the idea of hitting a landmark like that, too. Yeah, yeah. Visually marking something. Or, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I love, I love that you can be in a city. And Kyoto is a little bit different than... Tokyo, obviously Tokyo is crazy busy. Yeah. But there are areas like that of Tokyo too, where you could just be like, oh, it's all relaxing right here. (laughs) You know, taking a break from the hubbub that's outside of those walls. Kind of like the Chinese gardens here in Portland. Yeah, for sure. It's very similar experience. But on a huger scale, I'm assuming in Kyoto. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. When we were there in February, uh, we saw um, 
like a pagoda style tower while we were on the train. And then the day that I went and hung out with Stuart Galbraith, David actually went and, you know, just adventured out on his own and found that tower. Yeah. Found that visual landmark and checked it out. And he reported back how beautiful it was. I was like, man, I'm going to have to go check that out sometime. Yeah. And I think if anyone, if anyone does a trip, the only thing that I would have done differently Mm-hmm. Um, and I've already, I'd already been to Kyoto and Osaka, but I would say it's worth it to do both mm-hmm. do uh Kyoto and then make the trip since you're already that far out, go to Osaka as well. Cause there's some cool stuff that, um, I wouldn't have minded doing again that are, that's in Osaka. Osaka like, great nightlife. Yeah. Great nightlife in Osaka. So, oh yeah. Well, we went to the, the other big one that we did that was like the, like the focal point of the day was the. Gates. Oh, the Fushimi Inari Shrine. Yeah. Yeah. Which we most definitely did not walk the entire (laughs) (laughs) distance for. Okay. I think we got to one of the checkpoints because it's essentially this. Is it a a shrine or? It's a shrine that is the entire mountain, basically. So it covers the whole mountain. But it's not one giant building kind of shrine. It's like little tiny shrines almost connected to each other with these red Tory gates. Thousands and thousands of red Tory gates. And lots of people going through there. Um, I mean, it eases up as you get farther into it and people kind of decide not to do the thing (laughs) like uh, like we did. Um, But it it is crazy because it's just like. You just keep going, you go through these gates, then all of a sudden there's more little shrines and it's a little bit of a different vibe. And there's even like tons of cats, like walking around through all this stuff. Um, Did you see any monkeys up there? I did not. um, Although there were signs warning of, I think it was angry monkeys and angry. (laughs) Yeah. Boars. Boars. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Boars. Yeah. But I did not see any, just the signs. But yeah, we got to one of the checkpoints and it was like, trying to figure out where we were at and mike's like i don't have to go the whole distance yeah want to. It's, it's a pretty long hike we did yeah. a, we went up to the top and came down but i mean it was definitely we went early 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 yeah. in the morning how well, early it, did you guys go it was a little later it was still probably considered morning but it was already because yeah i think we got there gotcha. like 10 o'clock or something oh yeah, we yeah. Go that early um yeah we took the very first train so that we would be there with as little people as possible. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. especially since David likes to do all the photographing. So I know that as a photographer, you want to have an image unmarred by the throngs of humanity that show up to these beautiful, serene places. Yeah. So yeah, we went, took the very first train that would take us to that shrine. And it was, right at sunrise basically yeah yeah anyway so you guys went to that shrine uh any other cool things to report from kyoto uh the last thing that we did which was the day that it rained so it was the one that mike was really excited about doing that he talked to you about was that theme park oh toei kyoto movie studio park yeah i may have switched some orders there for the words but yeah yeah so and by that, that, that was our final day. And, uh, I was starting to get a cold at that point. Oh no. Um, it, it was fine. I mean, I felt fine and through the whole trip. Um, but Mike was like, do you, you know, you really want to do this? I'm like, yeah, let's just do it. 
So we'd made the trip out there. Um, and it was definitely because what Mike had wanted to do, they, what they do there is one of the little attractions that you can do is you can dress up in period costumes and walk around. Right. Um, and I don't know if they allow that when it's raining it, at that point, we didn't, uh, he yeah, didn't that's do actually it. a good point. Um, yeah. Cause these are like legit stage costumes, which are also legit real Japanese, like period era garb. Yeah. yeah. And it's essentially, I mean, it, it was worth doing the trip. Although it does, once you get there, you see it's and I mean, I guess if you look at photos, you probably could realize this too, but it's, has a side to it that's very much for kids Mm -hmm. um but it's still a lot of fun yeah so one of the highlights for me was like it you're essentially walking around on like this back lot um and if you're a fan of samurai films or even western films it really gives you a feeling of just being on a back lot on these streets where you're you know seeing the and of course it's all these different types of yeah period buildings and whatnot and i mean it again it's um still kind of chintzy or whatever but it's it's fun like as a fan of movies it's fun to just be standing there going like this is a street that like some samurais could be walking down for filming purposes um so when i was a kid i went to universal studios in california uh and it was basically it was before it became what it is today Mm -hmm. right so we're talking probably like 30 plus years ago i went to this uh to universal and they i i was telling mike i think and you like that studio park is very similar to what they had at universal studios when i was a kid but it's all japanese yeah yeah, you know so the when i was a kid i got to see the western shoot 'em up in the in the back lot yeah you know and that's what they have they have the samurai you know duel yeah in, in the back lot so yeah. in that and, and we were lucky enough that like as we were leaving that part of it we saw that there was something going on on one of the little back lot streets yeah you could tell that there were some actors that were making commotion i obviously well maybe not obvious i don't speak japanese um <laughs> so no so i didn't know exactly what was going to happen, but we yeah. could tell something was going to happen. And I could see that there was this woman in the back dressed like a ninja mm-hmm. or a samurai, I mean, doing some moves in the alley. So I'm like, okay, let's stand here for a while. And sure enough, they had a woman come out on the balcony and do this whole thing where she's, you know, making a presentation of it. And there's <laughs> oh all God, these I guys dressed like so samurai <laughs> down on the street arguing. And then, of course, the f- female samurai comes out and they start fighting with swords yeah um and it was so so fun Um, (laughs) and then we went inside and they have this thing that some listeners may know about but google it they have this thing that they're doing now and i don't remember the exact name but it's something like detective butt face it's the butt detective butt detective so i'm not looking at this up clancy can he sees my screen right there. I have not touched anything. Oshire Tante, <laughs> I think is how you say that. The butt detective. Lady Kyle is now obsessed with the butt detective. <laughs> so, and it's, yeah, it's a butt detective that even <laughs> farts clouds out of its butt face. But uh, 
<laughs> that was there. <laughs> I, I'm not necessarily my thing. So that was there. There's this giant butt detective. But <laughs> so we uh so we go past all of that and then you get into all and I'm not like I I'm not into common rider just because I don't know it that right. well. But they had like all this amazing display. The Hall of Heroes yeah. kind of thing, yeah. All these different suits on it's common rider and uh Sentai yeah. like Super Sentai show guys. It's like a huge because it's all Toei, right? So it's basically every hero that they produced over the years. Yeah, and it was so cool. I because I didn't I didn't realize that was there. Did you see the giant wall that has the timeline? Yes, I took a lot of photos of that, and that was a very cool timeline, starting with Godzilla to you know, present. Yeah. Just in a giant wall with like everything laid out just in these little I'm dying time to get slots. a digital version of that. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's so it was so cool to see and I would love to see to just have that available to me to access. Oh yeah, yeah. Damn my non-photographic memory. <laughs> um but yeah, that that was a awesome display and it was just there was so much stuff in there. Um and just to be standing in front of that they all look cool. It was uh, all the little motorcycles and then of course totally, places yeah. you could take pictures and stuff. Um, <laughs> Mike was de- the one that really wanted to go see it. I I just hadn't even bothered to sure look too much at it. I just knew we were going to go do it. So, um, but I thought it was a lot of fun. Did you guys do anything else there at the actual, at the, at the movie park? Did you go to the haunted house? Uh, no, we did not go in there. <sighs> Probably should have if you're uh, reacting like that. <sighs> okay. Next time. Next yeah. time. Yeah, they have a haunted house. It's a Japanese-style haunted house. Very cool. It is dark and scary, <laughs> I would actually say. Like, it could definitely be creepy if you can get into Japanese horror stuff and the yeah. elements that they have in those movies. Definitely check out the haunted, ha- the haunted house. Um, also, they have, in addition to the shows they have on the streets, they have some shows that take place in the studios. So in one of the studios, they had like a classically trained, uh, I want to say a jester. That's probably not the right term for it, but like a, you know, Edo era jester playing with the audience, doing little tricks and stuff. And then in another one, they had a literal show that was like there were TVs up on the wall and big giant glass walls, glass walls. Those would be windows, Kyle. Uh, <laughs> facing a set and then basically they come out perform something that you would see on tv and then they stop and then they sort of explain how they did all the effects and uh, that yeah. was super fun and even though i didn't speak japanese i could understand exactly what they were doing yeah, yeah. you know it was yeah that was fun so an- there's another thing they and there's they also had like a a ninja thing like for kids that i did not do last time yeah we didn't do the ninja thing we went through that area though there was all these little shops and all these buildings with ninja sculptures on them and yeah yeah yeah, i yeah the ninja thing i don't look like a ninja at all so (laughs) i think i'd stand out from being a ninja even though i sometimes wear all black yeah (laughs) the big white beard just defies any ninja skills that i might actually have in my pocket here but the the whole thing with the ninjas and the kids, it was like, ah, uh, maybe I would do that if I came back, but I didn't do it on my first my first go. Uh, yeah, the Hall of Heroes. Did you see the animation museum they had? 
I don't think so. Yeah, there's an animation museum because Toei is also really famous for the anime that they've created. Like yeah. they, um, oh, I'm not going to try and do that stuff off the top of the dome, but I know that they did the Mazinger and the Super Robot shows and stuff like that. Uh, I'm pretty sure that they did Kitaro, but now that I'm saying that out loud, I don't want to be wrong. So basically, they have this museum that shows the process of animation. It shows like actual animation cells and uh there was a gigantic mazinger z like inflatable statue when i went like huge huge it was pretty cool um yeah i still suggest people go to that if they're into movies especially yeah yeah well it sounds like you guys had a killer time and then you made it back to your flight sort of no problem sort of sort of kind of yeah that was fun though um because yeah any everything's a story um Basically, yeah, we got we got back to Tokyo without a problem. Essentially, kind of asked somebody at the booth, like, where mm-hmm. are we supposed to go? And he's like, the train's right over there. And it was coming at a set time, and we didn't have a ton of time. So we're standing on this platform, but the platform was for local train and for the train express to uh-huh. um, the airport. The airport. Okay. So we're standing on this one end of the platform and i just see the train come up and it's like we're on car six or whatever but then the train stops like well away from where we're at yeah and i'm like mike that's our train and it's not going to be standing there for a long that sitting there for very long yeah so we essentially had to run up the platform and then i hear some action going on in the train and i just said he was already a few cars, like a car to ahead of me. And I just said, it's going to leave. Just jump on the train. So <laughs> I dove into one car and he dove into another car. And then I didn't find out that he was actually on the train until I got a few cars up. I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Good to know. You got on. You you heard me and you got on. Um, I mean, we could we could have just, we would have had to go rebook the express sure, to the yeah, airport. Yeah. But still that but, whole, like, did he make it? But yeah, we, yeah. So you're running with like, three giant suitcases and yeah oh yeah it was funny though i mean we just had a laugh and cracked another asahi and oh yeah took the one hour train to the you got uh you got two closing japan stories yeah one from each of the kaiju cast trips at least yep (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was much better to run for that train than run for my flight oh my gosh yeah um but yeah it was it was smooth sailing um and i i was so glad both of us we were just so happy that we extended it out a little bit and you know got to bounce around that's super together cool for a few a few more days and yeah i uh i don't need to go too much into my my second leg of the trip but basically lady kyle and i got married a year ago on november 10th and so i was like you know what you should come out to japan because after the kaiju cast trip i went to the office my office to do work for a couple of days and i was like you should come out to japan uh and then I'll go to work and you can do whatever you want while I'm at work. And then we'll meet up and do stuff that evening. So basically I picked her up Friday, the day I took everybody else to the, to the airport and to the train station and stuff like that. Uh, picked her up. We came into Shinjuku. I'm not even going to go into the story of the cab driver who didn't want to put my Japanese address into his GPS thing, (laughs) but I was able to make it to, (laughs) to the uh, hotel. No problem ish. And then, yeah, had a couple of days where we just really, really chilled. Yeah. Like, 
I was like, I don't want to do almost anything. Because <laughs> like, with you guys, it was like five to six things or yeah. eight to ten shops or, you know, whatever we were doing. It's like, even though it might be like, yes, today we're doing Shibuya for shopping. Well, that's not exactly true. Because the first thing we did is we went to the Owl Cafe. And then in Shibuya, we went to this and then that and then that and that. And then from there, we went to Tokyo Station. And, you know, it's like every day is like that. Yeah. Like, even though if I might just have like a few things listed down as what we did in the day, those could be broken up into several categories, you know? <laughs> so when she got there, I was just like, please, let's not do much at all. So the very first thing we had for food, went to a convenience store, grabbed some beers, <laughs> grabbed some food, went to our hotel, turn on TV, <laughs> just, it's become kind of our, our first night ritual that we yeah. do in Japan. And it's just her and me when we do that. I like when I come by myself, I go do whatever. <laughs> but yeah, it's a it's a nice way to decompress. Also, we took the airport limousine bus because I thought it would be easier with all the bags and stuff to just do the that bus. But man, ugh, yeah. coming into town at that time just takes forever. So I'm probably not going to do the the airport limousine too much. The trains are so much nicer. Oh, it's yeah. like easier it's to much... breeze around. Cost it's, is very it's the similar. same. It's like basically the same. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so uh, I took her to go do some things. For the most part, we didn't do a ton in Tokyo. We went to the robot restaurant. That was one of the big things that we did. Yeah, I saw a video from that. Place looked crazy. It is very crazy, man. Like basically, the robot restaurant was something that I found out about from Anthony Bourdain's show. Hearts Unknown, I think. Yeah. And it looked so crazy. He looked like he'd been affected by it so much. At <laughs> first, I was like, oh, I got to go to this. And then I hear more and more people going to it, which makes me go, uh, well, maybe, maybe I don't need to go to this, you know. And then then they raised the ticket price. And I was like, well, screw that place. I'm not going there. And then we're trying to figure out what we're, what we're going to do on our actual anniversary, the 10th. And uh, this was way beforehand. I was like, you know, there's a thing here that says discount tickets. Let me see what the discount is. <laughs> the discount ticket was in the afternoon show and it was only 50 bucks, $54 or something like that for the show. So I was like, you know what? That's how much it was when I found out about this place. I think we should just do it. And we did. It was super touristy. <laughs> the entire thing is presented to you pretty much in English. <laughs> and like, there's not anybody, it's not like, First, we're going to say it in Japanese. Then we're yeah. going to say it in English. It's pretty much just in English. And uh, it is absolutely insanely cool. I thought totally worth the $54. It's called Robot Restaurant, but there's not a lot of food. <laughs> it's basically just a stage show you go see, and yeah. you can sit and drink. And, and we had some beer and didn't get any food at all. Just kind of like watched the show, enjoyed it. It was super fun. Yeah, it almost looked like a indoor parade it does seem it's very similar actually to some of like the disney parade stuff that happens mm -hmm. where they've got like just crazy lit up people with lasers on their fingers and riding mascot looking things <laughs> there's definitely a mothra element for the kaiju <laughs> the kaiju cast trip next time maybe and ebira as well it was freaking weird dude <laughs> <laughs> like i don't, can't even describe it because each they they do a show and then a break and then a show and then a break and then a show and then a break and then you're done i think 
something like that. You either see you either see three or four shows inside <laughs> of this one show. It's like I can't even describe it. It's uh robot dinosaurs battling giant shrimp with ladies on <laughs> and like they the women have uh light, like everything has lights on it is like there's dudes in costumes there's just crazy it's insane and it's even different than what it used to be because they used to actually have robot ladies and mm. so we actually used to call it the robot lady restaurant just because of the robot yeah. ladies there were no robot ladies to be seen though the old school ones anyway that was amazing and like i said i think completely worth doing i don't think uh Oh, I know what we did before that. The The other thing we did that weekend is we went to go see the new Hachiko statue. And I know I just got off topic, so I'm going to sort of back that up a bit. But So the robot restaurant, totally touristy, but I think totally worthwhile doing. And we did that on our actual anniversary. But the thing I didn't mention is that on the day before, the sort of like big excursion that we did was we went to Nakano Broadway Mall. Um, and we also went to go see the new Hachiko statue. So, you know, there's a the statue in Shibuya that is dedicated to the dog that, you know, the story that I'm talking about here, the yeah, dog we, we who saw like, the, we saw this, probably the other statue. Yeah. We saw the original one on the first trip. And on this trip, I was like, there it is over there. We're not going over there because there's a billion people because it's Shibuya. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the dog that shows up to greet his master when he comes home from the, from his work and like. Then the master dies while, you know, he's at work and the dog just keeps coming back day after day after day after day. So it's a sad statue of like an old dog waiting for his master. The new one that they made, I think in 2015, is actually in, it's near the Tokyo University in Wano, in the Wano area. And so we went and checked that out. It was really very sweet to see the Hachiko statue because... He's adorable. Where is he? There he is. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so he's like greeting his owner as opposed to it just being the sad dog waiting for the owner, you know? And while we were there, the security guard from Tokyo University like comes up to us and hands us these little stickers that (laughs) say say things about the Hachiko and uh, and his owner, whose name was Dr. Ueno, actually. Anyway, so that was our, our, that was our big, that was our weekend. We just basically did those kind of small things. Went to Nakano Broadway Mall, saw the Hachiko statue, went to the robot restaurant. Oh, we had yakitori in Kabukicho because like when we left the robot restaurant, we were both kind of like, yeah, let's go sit somewhere and process this. And we found a yakitori place and I must have been so hungry because I didn't take any pictures of the food. I took (laughs) pictures of the empty plates (laughs) with the yakitori sticks. I saw some photos of a place that you guys walked through that seemed to have some light shows going on. Was that outside of the robot thing? Yeah. So that's actually, I'm glad you asked about that Clancy, because one of the other things that we did, and I was sort of fairly insistent that I wanted to take her because the first time I went to this, I was kind of like, Oh, this is kind of romantic. And I would (laughs) like to see this with my lady on my arm. And so it's called Borderless. It's an exhibit that's now permanent. It's in Odaiba, which is the same man-made island in Tokyo Bay where the Gundam statue is. Okay. So we went to the Gundam statue in 2017, but we didn't go to um, the Borderless exhibit. I just found out about it like last year. Oh, I could have used some romance on that trip. Oh, sorry, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) 
So I just found out about the Borderless exhibit last year, and it's gorgeous. I mean, it's actually one of those things where it's really difficult to put into words what it really yeah. is. But it is a museum exhibit, art installation yeah. that uses projected light and computers to manipulate those projected images and more. And it's an entire building filled with this stuff. And it's so, so cool to see. I will have a link in the show notes to some videos that you can watch. But yeah. It almost seemed like to me, just from looking at the videos, like it was, and I don't know if it felt like this at all, but what it looked like, not know, you know, knowing what it was, was mm-hmm. like in those movies, like, you know, in Mary Poppins, when he jumps into the sidewalk art. Yes. That's what it kind of seemed like. Parts of it are definitely like that. There are parts that are like flowers mm-hmm. everywhere and the flower petals like move. If you walk up to the wall and you touch the wall, the flower petals will like yeah. float away. God, man, there's just so much stuff in there. It's really cool. Uh, I still haven't seen everything. This mm. is the second time I've been. And sometimes the lines to yeah. wait for a certain area are so long. I'm just not interested yeah. in that. There was one. <laughs> I think it's the only thing I haven't seen now. I walked up to the line. I'm like, oh, it says 20 minute walk. That was t- towards the front. A 20 minute wait. Excuse me. That's towards the front. And then you keep walking and keep walking and keep walking. And then the next thing you know, you see a sign that says 60 minute wait from this point on. <laughs> and the line keeps going. Yeah. And I said, no, not for me today. No. So we did all the stuff that I felt like we could handle and probably more. <laughs> and and that was our big day. That's yeah, that's absolutely something i would suggest checking out if you are going to be in the tokyo area it takes a little bit to get to because it's on that island so Mm -hmm. you got to take one of the trains i think it took us like 30 to 40 minutes to get there from shinjuku yeah and then it's like a 10 to 15 minute walk to the exhibit and luckily we were able to pretty much walk right into the exhibit that's cool when i went last year with my boss we had to wait a long, long, long time to be able to get into that building. But yeah, totally worth checking out. I think it's like $32 for the tickets and um, just stunning, especially if you have any kind of like love for visual extravagance. And if you are even further into that, if you're an artist or if you make digital art, it's one of those things where I think it could be appreciated on many levels even as as low a level as like, ooh, cool, pretty lights, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, it's gorgeous. It's so gorgeous. And that was kind of our last day. That's, the, you know, the last day that I could really talk about because the next day we woke up and hopped on the Narita Express and went to the train, went to the airport early. Yeah. Which is cool because I actually really like Narita Airport. I like being able to, like, have one last great meal oh, yeah. in the airport. Exactly what we did. Yeah, last beer before I get on the plane, at least, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like that kind of stuff. Like it seems like a a really nice way for Japan to say goodbye to me is that airport. So uh, anyway, that closes out everything I wanted to talk about. Do you have anything else you want to mention in the show? Uh, Not anything specific. The only thing I would say is doing this twice now. Mm -hmm. It was like we had maybe a little bit of overlap, but I felt like I got two completely different experiences uh for the most part well good yeah good and met even more amazing people um another group of friends made that 
I'll be able to see again at G Fest and totally. I already can't wait to get together and reminisce about the trip, you know. So it was so so cool once again, you know. I can't cool, I man. can't thank you enough and I don't think I'm probably speaking for everyone I say I don't think anybody could thank you enough for putting together such an amazing trip. Well, I'm just really happy that so many people had such a great time. Yeah. Honestly, like the whole catalyst for me doing this is when I went with Lady Kyle and she was just like, oh my gosh, your face lights up when you go into these stores. Yeah. Like, like the level of joy that comes out of a person's face is palpable, mm -hmm. you know? And if you're a fan of this stuff, I think it's, you know, doubly so you know so she said that to me and i was like man can you imagine what it would be like to take some of my collector buddies yeah. and like have them walk into a mandarake for the first time or like walk up to the toho godzilla statue and just be able to put your hands on that bronze yeah. muscle you know this like that's what did it that's what made me go maybe i should look into this and the more i did it the more i led people over to japan the more i enjoyed doing it and i'd like that is not my last trip. You know, I will definitely be organizing some more group trips in the future. So, uh, be, <laughs> I guess what I would say to that listeners is be on the lookout <laughs> for when that's going to happen. I think that when I migrate things over to collect all monsters in the video format for the Kaiju cast, I'll still make announcements like that and using the Facebook group and stuff like that. None of that's going to go away, but yeah, there we go. Uh, that's the fanvasion. Huge shout out to my three six nines, Andrew, Laura, James, Stefan, Scott, Brian, Clancy, and Mike. Thank you so much. Big thanks to Ed Holland. Big thanks to TJ Storm, and of course Jessica Sang, and of course big thanks to Tetsuya and Maki Takarada and Sonoi Nakajima for having dinner with us that night. Big thanks to my coworker Yuriko for arranging our, <laughs> our, uh, our dinner reservation. Big thanks to everybody that we met. It was cool. I even met some new people that I had never met in Japan before this last trip. So, uh, I will be back very soon, guys, as soon as I can. That's to the Japan that I'm talking there. <laughs> and, uh, in the meantime, Make sure you mark your calendars for December 14th and join us for the final episode of the Kaiju Cast. And I'll try and get a little more content squeezed in between the episodes now and then. Okay, so in honor of the heaviness of the fanvasion, we're going to stomp this episode closed with a track from Oxygen Destroyer, which is a death metal band. That's the warning to those with uh, sensitive hearts and who may be pregnant. Uh, this is a tribute to the 1954 Godzilla. It's called Cleansing the Earth of Humanity's Existence. We will see you for the next episode. Jabba Chow.